A tough time doesn't excuse abusive behaviour at home. Even in crisis, there's no place for domestic or family violence. If you, your family or community is affected, help is available online and by phone 24-7. For free, confidential advice, support and counselling for everyone, contact 1-800-RESPECT. There's no place for domestic or family violence. Help is here. Authorised by the Australian Government, Canberra. The average person spends 44 minutes a day thinking about food. At Oz Harvest, thinking about food is a full-time job because we're always looking for new ways to nourish our country and combat food waste and hunger. Every day, we rescue quality surplus food across Australia and deliver it to those who'd otherwise go hungry. And you can help. Every dollar donated to Oz Harvest can provide two meals to people in need. Visit ozharvest.org. Thought for food. We're at a party. Three little kids were playing in the pool, all under five. Adults were busy talking, glanced over, noticed a little one underwater. I think she needs help. That's how easily something can happen. It only takes a few seconds. Don't worry, the party had a happy ending. But we need to remember, fence the pool, shut the gate. Teach your kids to swim, it's great. Supervise, watch your mate and learn how to resuscitate. I'm Laurie Lawrence. Kids Alive, do the five. Been playing for a while Sweet kicks Cos footy makes you smile Sweet kicks football If you're getting ready for the trials Gotta go the extra mile Sweet kicks football hearing that sweet sound when you kick the ball? Need to develop your footwork or explosive speed? Want to take the next step in your footy career? Then you need Sweet Kicks. More info on our Facebook page or go to our website sweetkicksfootballacademy.com.au Gotta go the extra mile Sweet Kicks Football Storms are Australia's most costly natural disaster. Getting prepared now is the best way to protect people and to minimise damage to your property. Keep your gutters, downpipes and drains clear and stash any loose items in yards or on balconies. Trim any trees and branches hanging too close to your house and keep your roof in good repair. For emergency help, call the SES on 132500. If you're after the most comprehensive coverage on women's football across Australia, then look no further than Rookie Me Central. Formerly Draft Central, Rookie Me Central has news and reviews, podcasts, videos, and much, much more on all the state leagues across the country, including the VFL Women's and NAB League Girls. Find out why everyone turns to Rookie Me Central for their women's football content. Follow Rookie Me Central on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Rookie Me Central. Life can be really tough when you or a close family member has cancer. But if you're 12 to 25, Canteen's in your corner. Canteen provides whatever practical and emotional support you need, from connecting you with other young people who get what you're going through, to helping you develop new skills to cope, and just bringing back some fun into your world. So if cancer's messing with your life, check out canteen.org.au. And remember, Canteen's in your corner. Hi, Kirk Pengilly from InXS here. And whether it's music, sweet things, puppies, movies, we all love our treats. But our eyes need treating too. 
300,000 Australians, including me, are affected by glaucoma. Diagnosed early, glaucoma can be managed. Left undiagnosed, it can cause blindness. So treat yourself by treating your eyes to a simple test. Book your test at treatyoureyes.org.au today. It's women's Aussie rules, they're doing what they love. They're fast, they're tough, don't mess with them because they can get rough. Are you ready for the challenge? Are you ready for the mess? It's the call of the game. It's the VFL Women's Match of the Day. It's the VFL Women's Match of the Day. From VU Witten Oval in West Footscray, it is the VFL Women's Match of the Day on WARFradio.com and 89.1 FM at the ground. It is the Western Bulldogs versus the Darabin Falcons in VFLW Round 6. I'm Peter Holden. Thanks for your company on this beautiful morning in Melbourne. Ground looking in very good conditions here at Witten Oval. The Bulldogs will be looking for their first win of the year. The Darabin Falcons... A side that has struggled for the last couple of years are looking to sneak into the six after Collingwood's loss yesterday. There's a lot to get through on our pre-game show. We're down to the dynamic duo today. We've had a late withdrawal in uh, one Alex Doherty. Get well soon, Alex. Hope to have you back next week. But the man is back. He normally leads the B team, but he's in the A team this week. A very good morning to Brent Sternberg. What a promotion for me, Peter. Happy to be here at the Witten Oval for the first time. Now, can I just say, I hope the Doherty hasn't got the... Uh, the big uh, the health and safety protocols. Yeah, I think he might be out with that. You haven't been near Alex recently, have you? Uh, no, I'm. I'm I might just fine. move my chair away. I, I'm feeling been. fine, thank you very much. So, <laughs> uh, knock on. I'm saying that would knock on wood because <laughs> I'm from today. I'm actually on four weeks annual leave, and oh. knowing my luck, it'll probably hit me during then to say, "Oh, what? You're not doing anything? Here's some Rona." Yes, exactly. well, it seems to happen like that, doesn't yeah. it? But no, great morning. I think it's going to get to 28 degrees today here in Old Melbourne Town. Beautiful conditions here at the Witten Oval, and uh, breaking news: the Western Bulldogs have won the toss and they've elected to bat. Well, it's cricket <laughs> conditions, isn't it? Absolutely it is. gorgeous. It... Not a cloud in the sky and, like you say, a big game for both of these two teams. Doggies, oh boy, they need a win, don't they? And Darabin, you mentioned they can entrench themselves in the top six if they get some other results go their way as well, Darabin, in the other two games today, which we'll keep an eye on as the uh, morning and early afternoon unfolds. They could end up, Darabin, in fourth position and they haven't been uh, that high on the ladder in, in quite a while. So they're going okay, the Falcons. i tell you one thing. We've got coming up on our pre-game show, both coaches at 10.15 will speak to Kirby Pentley, the coach of the Western Bulldogs, followed at 10.30 by Kate Tyndall, the coach of the uh, Darabin Falcons. Plus, we'll be talking about coaches in the AFLW. But the one thing that, it, that, that is just blowing me away at the moment is the Darabin Falcons, the last two years, we said, down the bottom end of the table, there was a lot of talk of a Darabin going to stay in the competition. One more season at the bottom end, maybe the league might just come in and say, look, you know, we know you've done a lot for women's footy, but it's time now to depart the scene and stay at community football. They've experimented two years with coaches from the outside of the club instead of uh, hiring from within, like Jane Lang or Richard Delpos, who was the father of Jess Delpos, who was always a very um, uh, uh, inward-looking club at Darabin. They went back to being that inward-looking club by hiring one of their own in Kate Tyndall, and it's resulted in that change of fortunes. And she seems to have the uh, Midas touch as well, Katie Tyndall. We know that uh, they're pretty good on their social media, and they've had a couple of wins this season where she has gone and... Uh, had to ask her her playing group to lift, uh, and uh, you know we remember back to that great uh, 
Uh, round one victory for Darabin, where they come from behind to beat Williamstown, and Katie Tyndall went to the group at quarter time. They were, if I can say, they were deplorable in that first quarter. Yeah, Darabin they didn't score, the, yeah. Yeah, and then she... Uh, you know, it, it's probably not ideal to have to use... You know how coaches say you, they've only got yeah. maybe two or three sprays a season, and after that they yeah. start to lose all meaning. You probably don't yeah. want to have to use it at quarter time, game yeah, one. Yeah. But it certainly works, so she's obviously... Uh, got the troops right here in the palm of her hand. She's uh, She's been fantastic. And, of course, we know that uh, there's also been a, a former Darabin alumni that uh, is now coaching, will be coaching Essendon next year mm -hmm. uh, in Natalie Wood. So they've obviously got some pretty good uh, stocks there, Darabin. I don't know what the big thing is sometimes, the thinking that you need to go you know, outside of... Um, outside of the square to get a head coach. I mean, it's generally had a pretty good track record with, you know, coaching coaching from within and uh, the proof's in the pudding through the first, um, what, five games this season with Darabin under Katie Tinder. And it perhaps comes back to who, who knows how to coach women best. It, it seemed to be, and the proof was in the pudding in the first season of the AFLW, where a lot of men's coaches came in, um, a lot like, and Wayne Seatman was on the record about this, saying that they wanted to coach the Nathan Buckley game plan and, and, and it, bring it into the women's game. And they found out, well, the women just weren't there at that stage. And their kicking and their skills are, are different. It's a completely different game when you break it down. And same with uh, Paul Groves. He said in his first year at the Western Bulldogs, he, he overcomplicated things and went back to a more simplified game plan, which worked and got them a premiership in 2018. And it seems to be the case that um, not everyone that coaches in the VFLW, and we saw, as we said, the last two coaches at, uh, at Darabin, have been able to, I guess, um, get that message across at the state league level with women's football and get them to be the best that they can be. Kate Tyndall seems to be pulling the right strings, hitting the right notes. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, whenever you talk about coaches, you've always got to talk about personnel, and they've recruited um, mm. extremely well. Darabin, we know yeah. that over the last sort of half decade, because of the powerhouse that they've been, they've been, mm. yeah, whenever they've had talent probably only lasted one season and then, and then away, got raided, yeah, yeah. And then away they go but uh, you know they had Angie Gogos who were playing against her former side mm -hmm. today of course the Bulldogs uh, not, not just any former player AFLW Premiership player with the Doggies she's been uh, fantastic and uh, and a bunch of other names as Callan well Callan and you yes, throw in Simone Rudin yep. the reigning best and fairest with the Bulldogs <laughs> and jump ship and it is, it is great. Uh, I know we're sort of going off on a tangent here, but it's, it's great that, you know, Darabin and, and a team that, you know, prior to the season, and Katie Tindall went on record and said this, that, you know, gone are the days where they measure themselves by making finals and winning premierships. You know, they are now a football team that pride themselves on developing people, you know, players and and coaches, and to still be able to recruit, and I know Angie, Angie Gogos is towards the end of her career, but Callanan is as well, and Simone Rudin, to still be able to recruit players like that that are playing great football, you know, in a situation where they know if you come here, we're not saying you're not going to play in the finals or win a premiership, but that's taken a back seat now because of mm. uh, the situation, and, you know, Darabin is the only um, remaining uh standalone team out of the bunch that we had a few years ago. You know, yeah. we had Diamond Creek and all of those teams. Mm. Darabin is, is is the sole survivor. So we know that they have uh, a different um, game plan, off-field off field game plan. So the fact that they can still recruit like that is, is fantastic and still entice um, players to come to this team, which is still uh, a powerhouse by name, you know. And, and which w what we would imagine would be a very difficult year to recruit players because... You've got Essendon and Hawthorne in there, which this is their year where they go up to the AFLW. So this is their big 
audition year of players at, at, at Essendon and Hawthorne that they want to see of who's going to make their AFLW list. And it's very easy for a player at Dabber to say, well, no, I want to play a year at Essendon and Hawthorne to try and yeah. get myself that contract. Yeah. To stay thick with Darabin and to say, no, well, I'll stay here too. Either for some players like Cullinan, who've already retired from that level, but still will come back to play. Or others that are like, well, I still want my chance, but I think I'm better served by showcasing my skills at Darabin considering that their strength and conditioning is not going to be on par with other clubs. They don't have the facilities. They don't have the money. But to still be competitive, that's a heck of an effort. And I think, you know, so they should, you know, think that they can go to Darabin and play some some good football in a, in a strong... Um, and, I mean, you know, for all the great strides that Essendon in the VFLW have mm-hmm. made and Hawthorne as well, well... Darabin are you know, a foundational club. They they probably have maybe not as good facilities because they you know they're not uh, aligned yeah. to a, a men's club. But they're a foundational club that you know have made their footing in this league. And so it's not uh, they're they're not a mug football club by by any means. So yeah, to come to Darren and be enticed by the shine of Darabin as well. And like you said, you know we've mentioned this a lot, and we can't wait for the AFLW. Um, season and we might not have to wait that long, Peter, for oh, the next yeah, AFLW yeah. season. But the fact that there's four teams coming in and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of spaces to be filled. So you know you don't necessarily have to be playing at Essendon or Hawthorne and, and you know getting under the nose of the people there. You can come to Darabin, play some good footy like some some girls have, and uh, you get a chance if you're good enough. Or you could be like Sarah Ford, be playing at Essendon and get poached by Sydney. Yeah, well that too. And Essendon being blindsided of what? You got what now? <laughs> well, that's happened a little bit, hasn't it? I mean, we know that Sydney picked up a bunch of uh, ladies was it during the week or last week. Uh, it was, I think it was about two weeks ago. It might be even three weeks by this timeline now. Yeah. Because um, she sat out for the game against the Saints. And um, the, the word was uh, those VFLW players that got poached from Hawthorne and Essendon to Sydney we virtually given an offer and said, this offer is valid for 24 hours. Mm. Take it or leave it. Ooh, crikey. So yeah. they had to make a decision quick. For, in Sarah Ford's case, it was probably a little bit easier. As much as she was an Essen supporter and moved down and lived in the Craigieburn area, she's actually from Sydney. So yeah. it was a bit like, okay, so you're telling me go back home and I've got a contract? Right, done. Yeah, but the, the, the point here is that, like, you know, Sydney picked players off from everywhere. You know, Zagetti from the Hawks. Uh, Molly, Whelan. Yeah, East, Eastman from um, North Melbourne, who had a fantastic season. The captain, of course. Yeah. So they're going to... Uh, Obviously, they had uh, Meek and Kylie poached by the Tigers, Molly Eastman poached yeah. by Sydney. They're going to have a different captain at VFLW level for the third straight season. But the, the point is that, uh, you know, they're, they're, the teams like this are picking players off from everywhere. So, yeah, I know people might think that, oh, well, if I go to Essendon, I'll get a gig at Essendon. Well, you can come You can come to Darabin. Everybody's watching. You know, there's scouts here today. All the games are streamed. You know, so if you play some good football, you give yourself a chance. And I think that's certainly helped Darabin this year. We'll take this opportunity to take a break here on WARFradio.com. On the other side of this break, we're going to be catching up with the coach of the Western Bulldogs in the VFLW, Kirby Bentley. That'll be right after this. Stroke can happen to anybody at any age. The best way to help someone is to learn the signs of stroke and know how to act fast. F is for face. Has their face drooped? A is for arms. Can they lift both arms? S is for speech. Is their speech slurred? Do they understand you? T is for time. Call triple zero. Time is critical. If you see any of these symptoms, act fast. Learn the signs of stroke and you could save a life. Go to strokefoundation.org.au forward slash fast to find out more. G'day, I'm Michael Caton. The Australian Conservation Foundation's Green Home Program is all about saving our environment. A low-flow shower head will save 10 litres. 
no showering at all will save 20. So when any of my active friends are a bit on the nose, I never judge them, but thank them for doing their bit to save water. For more information, go to www.acfonline.org.au slash greenhome and take action for our future generations. That's acfonline.org.au slash greenhome. I came to clean and noticed there was no food in the house. She told me her sister just forgot to pay a few bills. He was in for his monthly dream. Why not notice the bruising? Is there anything I can do? Thousands of older Australians experience elder abuse every year. If you're concerned about someone you know, you don't need to have all the answers. Call 1-800-ELDER-HELP for free confidential information and support. We like to show you what's dangerous about Australian rivers, but we can't. You can't see ice-cold water, snags like tree branches or strong currents, but they can be lethal. Although our rivers are beautiful, more Australians drown here than anywhere else. So please, wear a life jacket, avoid alcohol around water, never swim alone, and learn how to save a life. It's simple. Respect the river. For more information, visit royallifesaving.com.au forward slash respect the river. No matter what your age, most of us play sport when we were young. And there was always one thing that made you want to disappear into the corner or even give up your chosen sport. And that was when somebody on the sideline hurled abuse at either you or a teammate or an official. These are things that make sports so painful for so many kids. And the time has come to stop it. I'm Usman Kawaja from the Australian Cricket Team. My message is a simple one. Let kids be kids. Let them enjoy their sport. Find out more at playbytherules.net.au. From VU Witten Oval in West Footscray, this is the VFL Women's Match of the Day on WolfRadio.com. And coming up at just before 11am on the new streaming platform, VFLW.tv. Peter Holden and Brent Sternberg with you high up in Level 3. We hope to get Kirby Bentley uh, very shortly. We think she's still down there uh, talking to the players in the rooms. But uh, it might give us an opportunity to, to talk about the games that are being played so far in VFLW Round 6 action. Three games games were played uh, yesterday. Brentster, but we, we kicked off the morning with Hawthorne and North Melbourne. This is the second time the sides had played uh, this year. Um, and both sides, as we were just talking about earlier, uh, had players rated by the Sydney Swans. Yep. Uh, for Hawthorne, they still haven't missed a beat. Another win for the Brown and Gold. They've been fantastic, haven't they, Hawthorne? They were the team that just missed out on the six... Uh Last year, by their own standards, they'll probably be disappointed with how the uh, the season finished. But boy, they have uh, been fantastic through the first uh, half of, of this season. So they beat North Melbourne at uh, Trevor Barker Beach Oval yesterday. It was the Hawks in this one, 8 9 57 defeated the Kangas 1-4-10. Uh, Some of the major ball getters, uh, Carbone and, uh, had uh, 20 disposals and a goal. She's actually having a, a tremendous season is uh, Dom Carbone. Mifsud as well with 18 disposals. Shannon with 16. Uh, for the Kangas, uh, Annabelle Scott with 23, another uh, former Bulldog. We know where plenty of players left the kennel last season. Jess Morney with uh, 18 disposals as well. Molly Eastman, current North Melbourne player, future Sydney Swan, 15 disposals uh, in that one. So uh, a good win for the Hawks. What's that? 47 points. So as I uh, have a bit of a look where they are in the latter third. So they're sitting pretty, the Hawks. 
Might be an opportunity time for us to go back down to the boundary lines. We said we've got coming up at 10.30am, we'll be chatting to Kate Tindall, the coach of the Darabin Falcons. But for the first time joining us online this year, she is the new head coach appointed this year uh, to lead the Bulldogs in the VFLW. Of course, she played at Fremantle's on Carlton's list, was a train-on player at Melbourne, but known as a legend in WA footy at Swan Districts. We say a very good morning to the coach of the Western Bulldogs in uh, Kirby Bentley. Kirby, how are you? Uh, good to have you, Kirby. Now, we just seem to have a little bit of issues uh, getting you on the line at the moment. Brent Sturberg, do you just want to give us the scores quickly of Carlton and uh, Collingwood? And we just might try again with that connection. No worries. So, uh, yesterday afternoon, Icon Park, uh, two old rivals, of course. A fantastic game, this. Uh, brilliantly called by the folk who were on the call at uh, Wharf Radio. Paul Sebastiani, Liam Vertigan as well, who's really making a name for himself. It was the Blues 5-5-35, defeated Collingwood 4-8-32. We got Kirby down Yeah, I bit? think we've got it on take two. Kirby, okay. yeah, we can hear you now, Kirby. How are you? Not too bad. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Great to have you on the line. And uh, first of all, look, I know it, it's been a tough start to the year because obviously you've had uh, AFLW players missing, plus COVID has gone through your side like a number of sides, like a sledgehammer. But but how are you starting to settle in to the head coach's role now in State League football? Yeah, yeah, we've had a, we've definitely had our challenges, um, but it, it makes it easier when you've got great people to work with and the players are coachable as well, so... I'm learning a lot and there's a lot for me to grow in and areas to grow in, but yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Hey Coach Kirby, it's Brent Sternberg up here. I know that uh, obviously when you're on the uh, losing side of things on the scoreboard, things like this from the outside can get glossed over a little bit, but I'm interested to know, obviously first year head coach, how do you want uh, people to um, leave a Bulldog game and say, oh, they played like this or they played that way? How do you want your team to be seen playing? Yeah, I, I'll... From an outside perspective, I want them to view our players as, as footballers. So the ability to move the football the way that we want to, as basic as it may seem. But my whole coaching philosophy is to educate them to be the best footballer they possibly can so they can make an on-field decision in a moment. So the coaches will take three minutes or a message will take three minutes to get down there. I just want to be able to equip them. So if visually from a, a spectator's perspective, they can see the way we want to move the football and it's clean and it's classy and it's, you know, we're able to make those adjustments and then I think I've achieved my goal. I know it's been tough, obviously, in that first five rounds that, as we said, you had been short on players. So a lot of uh, players have, have transitioned through the side over the opening period of the season. But from the boxes that you can tick so far, what are you happy with? What is going in the right direction? Yeah, well, every every game, obviously, the results aren't really a true reflection of of what we're doing at uh, Western Bulldogs. We're probably the second most inexperienced and possibly the second youngest as well in in the whole competition. and And that's not an excuse by any means. It's just um, it just proves that the growth in their their development is changing. So, again, against Essendon, we're able to move the football a certain way, um, and we've we've coached that. But now. I think today against Darabin, it'll be consistent over, over a 10-minute quarter block instead of, say, a two-minute, for example, and um, just to be able to see that growth and, and that understanding of football and the way it should be moved and, and those aspects, I think, that's, um, I think that's really important for this club. 
You mentioned that you are such a young list, uh, Kirby. Obviously, you've got so many players who, for whom it's the first uh, year for them uh, in this league, and you've got a couple today that will be playing their, their first game. How do you go integrating all of these uh, new players that come in for their first game, or they might have only played a, a small handful, it's their first year on the list? How do you go with uh, having new players like that coming in uh, most weeks, if not every week, and integrating them into your style and how you want this team to play? Yeah, well... The game plan that I've set up is, is simple and it's coachable and um, I think if the most part, the 70% or 80% of, of your players that are playing consistently are on the same page in that regard, it's easier for players to transition in and to kind of fit in. But there's, I don't put any hard expectations on any player anyway. I, I want them to be challenged and to grow in a healthy way, but to challenge in a, in a different way rather than to blow up. I'm not a blow up type coach as it is um, but yeah I, I think it's easier for players to come in so and I've always just said enjoy the game looking for this and we'll make adjustments live as it happens. Have I heard correctly that uh, prior to getting uh, the, the head coach's role in the VFLW and of course you're an assistant uh, coach with the Bulldogs AFLW program that uh, just about every day for six months straight you were on the phone with your former mentor <laughs> Nicole Graves? <laughs> I, I did. I had a chat with uh, Gravesy. Gravesy was probably one of the most creative coaches that I've worked with, and a lot of what or how I think is is in relation to the way that she used to go about her business too. So she wouldn't coach just a, a structure or a game plan just because it would just it it'll complement the strengths and the weaknesses of the players that she has. And she used the word used to use the the word. Um, you coach to your cattle, so that's similar similar to what I used to do. But, yeah, she, she has a lot to offer in regards to their coaching. And in terms of uh, today's matchup, uh, Kirby, with uh, Darabin, you've mentioned a couple of times that you like to uh, implement a pretty stable uh, game plan. In terms of the opposition and Darabin, is there, is there any one or two or a small handful of things that you have sort of emphasised, uh, I should say, this week uh, with your ladies in terms of uh, how you might be able to get the four points, the first four points of your coaching career today at home? Yeah, it's, it's obviously going to be a challenge. They've got a bit of experience in their side. And um, yeah, as I mentioned before, we, we don't quite have that and that's and that's not an excuse anyway. So for us to be able to be competitive, we've got to be able to play one-on-one and, and do that well and then play in our unit so our amidst forwards and backs and make sure we do that well there um, and then as a team. so And it's got to be consistent over each quarter and it's it's where, where the lapses come in is where teams like Darabin are able to do damage. So we've just got to be on top of that as quickly as we can um, where we can. Well, Kirby, thank you very much for joining us on our pregame show here on wharfradio.com. We wish you and the Western Bulldogs all the very best today as you take on the Darabin Falcons at home. No worries. Thanks a lot for having me. Thank you very much to Kirby Bentley, the head coach of the Western Bulldogs and the VFLW, joining us here on our Wharf Radio pregame show. And uh, as you can hear, she's trying to keep the spirits up, still focusing on the process, trying to keep professional after, you know, let's be honest, what's been a very tough start to the year. Yeah, it has been for them. I I know that they've been on the end of uh, a couple of, you know, heavy defeats in particular the last two or three weeks, last, uh, not last week, two weeks ago now, their last showing against Hawthorne uh, losers by... 
101 points, but she seems like a, a, a pretty good motivator and she seems like, uh, and let's be honest, a young coach mm. uh, who is not uh, putting you know too big of expectations uh, on, her, on her list. And yet you can't in a league like this, which is mm. really, yeah, let's be honest, it's a development league. It, it's a know? reserves. It's yeah. a reserves comp. It is. And I mean, especially I, I mentioned there and I asked her about, you know, all the young ladies that are coming in and out of the team. And we mm. mentioned, barring any late changes, zero AFLW listed players for um, the Bulldogs today, but uh, you know she mentioned how she wants uh, she wants them to play and how she wants outsiders to you know come away with an impression of of her team, and she mentioned uh, you know good. Uh, Good uh, ball use and, and skillful ball use. Well, perfect conditions to try and do that today and exploit a Darabin team that can sometimes be hard to pick apart. They're pretty good defensively, Darabin. Here's an interesting curveball question for you. Well, I don't like these, Peter. I was just thinking just then, uh, with the AFLW players playing today for the Bulldogs, and we yeah. know that uh, they didn't want to play during the AFLW season number because of health and safety protocols, etc. Um but let, let's say, for example, bad luck happens to the Western Bulldogs. Uh, all of a sudden, one player on the side uh, gets COVID from the VFLW list, and, and let's say about a dozen are wiped out, health and safety protocols, can't play for the week. Is the league in a position where they're either going to go, you have to play your AFLW footballers to make sure you've got your numbers, or are they going to go the other way and say, no, you don't have to play them, you can pick up local footballers to add to your list? Well, I... I would susp- I know that they've put that contingency plan um, for the AFL men's this year where they've all got yeah. their top-up players and yeah. West, West Coast are going to have to pick from be- that, unfortunately. Be- because this is an unusual situation. It's not like the AFLW topping up. This is yeah. the middle of the road. Yeah, Do you yeah. top up from the top or from the bottom? Well, the, I, I would suspect what they would do is I know that every club is uh, joined with a NAB League girls team. Yeah, yeah. But, of course, the question is, well, if the NAB League girls teams get raided, where do yeah. they get their place Yeah, from? and <laughs> so on and so on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I would suspect... I don't think you would have that difficult a time convincing the AFL a bunch of AFLW players to come back and play. I know that we expect that we're probably going to have a short turnaround and therefore yeah. we want to give the ladies uh, some time off. But it's footy, you know, so I know that there would mm. be a, a bunch of players chomping at the bit to play even if the coaches, you know, don't want, let's mm. say, uh, you know, Ali Blackburn <laughs> to come yeah, back yeah, and play yeah, for the yeah. Bulldogs. I know she would want to, but, yeah, I get what you're saying. Because it's the middle rung, it's difficult to sort of know where they will pull the players from. But... Uh, I don't know. It's the same old thing. You've got to cross your fingers yeah. and hope that they don't have what's happened to the Eagles in the men's competition oh, this yes. weekend. Yeah. We might take this opportunity to take a quick break here on wharfradio.com. When we return, we'll have the coach of the Darabin Falcons in Kate Tindall. The commentary of the game you're currently listening to is from the volunteers at Women's Australian Rules Football Radio. Founded in 2014, WARF Radio is not just here to provide a professional call the women's game deserves, but also provide important experience for those wanting a career in sports media. If you're a past or present women's footballer or coach or a media student, and you'd like to give football commentary a try, visit warfradio.com and click on volunteer. That's warfradio.com and click on volunteer. No matter what your age, most of us play sport when we were young and there was always one thing that made you want to disappear into the corner or even give up your chosen sport. And that was when somebody on the sideline hurled abuse at either you or a teammate or an official. These are things that make sports so painful for so many kids and the time has come to stop it. I'm Usman Kawaja from the Australian Cricket Team. My message is a simple one. Let kids be kids. Let them enjoy their sport. Find out more at playbytherules.net. 
You need to get a booster to stay up to date with your COVID-19 vaccinations. Boosters are now approved for everyone 16 years and older, three months after your second dose. Boosters increase your protection against becoming very sick or dying from COVID-19 and are available through your GP, pharmacist or other healthcare professional. Book your booster at australia.gov.au. Authorised by the Australian Government, Canberra. Secure transmission for your ears only. <clears throat> Good day. Today, more than 110,000 Australians live with a blood cancer. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to join the Leukaemia Foundation and a crack team of registered shavers from around the country to kick blood cancer's tush. We call it Mission Possible. Sign up to shave at worldsgreatestshave.com. This ad will now self-destruct. Welcome back, folks. Witten Oval, round six of the VFLW today. And we've got uh, what we think will be a pretty good game. The Western Bulldogs, who are looking for their first win of the season up against Darabin, who are looking to string three wins on the bounce. We're going to be with the coach, Katie Tyndall, in uh, just a moment under blue skies here at the Witten Oval. I think it's going to get to 28 degrees today, so it's going to be a, well, I was going to say perfect conditions for football. I'm not sure, Peter. Maybe a bit too warm. Well, I'll tell you, the person who can tell us how good yes. the conditions are, she's down there on the boundary line right now. She is the coach of the Darabin Falcons in the VFLW. A very good morning to Kate Tindall. Kate, actually, how are the conditions down there? Uh, yeah, not too bad. It's a beautiful, sunny uh, day, and um, the breeze sort of heading pretty strongly in one direction. I Typical Witten footy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. I tell you what, what a perfect way for your squad to go into the uh, break um, with that win over Carlton. The, the the mood in the camp must be buoyant. Yeah, look, we were really pleased um, with the way uh, the way we played and it was really great to get um, consecutive wins on the board. Um, and whilst it's, you know, it's nice to have a break uh, for bodies and minds, um, you know, we're really trying to come back from the break and, and generate some more momentum. Katie, it's Brent Sternberg up here. Congratulations on the first uh, few weeks of your coaching career here at Darabin, obviously a club that you know and love uh, so well. You spoke coming into the season about the fact that you're not going to uh, measure yourselves necessarily this year on winning games or winning premierships, but developing uh, people, players and coaches. How many more games do you have to win before you maybe start to think about finals, Katie? about a couple of players that have been around for a little bit with uh, Darabin and, and hopefully how they've been improving and their chances of potentially being picked up in the draft. One name that comes to mind has been Victoria Blackwood. She's been around on the list for a couple of years playing in defence. How have you seen her role so far this year? And um, I guess probably putting a little bit of a critical eye on, what does she need to do further to develop as a player? Oh, yeah, I think you're spot on. You know, Vic is uh, definitely, uh, you know, up there and 
probably ready to kind of take that next step. Um, you know, she's definitely a, a key player in, in our back line and just her ability to, to compete for the footy. Um, you know, she's such a competitive person and I know that she tries to win or hard every single footy that comes her way. So um, she's continued to, to improve on that and, um, you know, you know, Vic's pretty kind of new to footy, so it's just about continuing to improve, I guess, um, the knowledge of the game and, you know, putting herself in particular positions. Um, but, yeah, she's, she's had an outstanding season thus far. And, um, you know, if, if I was uh, looking to, you know, recruit for an AFLW team, she, she would definitely be one of the first players I'd be looking to go for. We'll ask you about this game in particular, more specifically in a moment, Kate. But I'm keen to know the the actual the playing group as a whole. What what, what have you made of them? Obviously, being uh, in charge for the first time, you've been there for for a little while. You know, obviously as a player and then uh, assistant coaching. We know that a standalone team like this personnel will change quite a bit from one year to the next. You're winning as well, which uh, is a bit different from the last couple of years. What what are they like as a group? Are they are they a vocal group? Are they a group that uh, is up and about most of the time? Are they a group that's easy to coach? Oh, they're very easy to coach. They're, um, they, you know, they're a group that, um, they look like they really enjoy um, being in each other's company. Yep. I think that Um, you know, that they are training, um, at a higher intensity, um, and they're really looking to kind of, um, play footy for their teammates, which I think is, um, is really important. So, yeah, from a, from a coaching point of view, they're, a dream to coach because they they are really embracing the learning uh, journey and you know what we sort of talk about at training. Um, you know you can kind of see them really trying to implement it. So yeah, they're a great group and I think they're they're really enjoying um, themselves um, and trying to push each other. Can I talk about trying to prepare for the opposition in this match? I mean, last week when you, pardon me, last round when you played against Carlton, it's very easy to look at some of the key AFLW players and some of their VFLW players that have been around for a while and circle them on the sheet saying, right, these are concerns that we've got to take care of. How hard is it coming up against our Western Bulldog side? As we know that, um, A, they don't have any AFLW players in today, but B, they had been smashed in the past by health and safety protocol. So their squad's been changing week to week. How hard is it to, to try and coach against something you're not maybe quite sure of? Oh, look, you know, I think, you know, our focus this year has sort of been on playing our footy, so um, that doesn't really worry us too much. Um, but certainly we um, we come into this game knowing or expecting that they, uh, they're at their best and they'll be playing their best. And, you know, we, we certainly can't go into a game uh, anything other. So we know we have to just play our our best footy to give ourselves um, the best um, opportunity. And I actually thought, you know, I watched the first half against uh, Hawthorne and whilst the scoreboard um, didn't look like it, I actually thought that they were really competitive, yeah. both one-on-one and, and across the ground. So I'm actually expecting a pretty tight contest. And in terms of and the... Certainly con- to begin with. Sorry, Katie, in terms of the conditions, we mentioned them right off the top, you're pretty confident that they'll suit your girls and how they want to play? We probably haven't had too many games where the wind is probably this strong. So, um, you know, that, that, that's a, 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 the next challenge for us is, you know, sort of trying to adjust to the, the weather conditions. But, you know, 
we've got some uh, some experienced leaders out there um, who can hopefully, you know, guide, guide the group. Well, Kate, thank you very much for joining us on our pregame show here on WharfRadio.com, and we wish you and the Darabin Falcons all the very best against the Bulldogs today here at Witten Oval. Great, thank you. Thank you very much to Kate Tindall, head coach of the Darabin Falcons in the VFLW, joining us here on WharfRadio.com. We're about 20 minutes away from uh, bounce-down time, and uh, always great to chat with the coaches uh, prior to uh, the matches starting and giving us all an insight on... um, how they're going, what they're thinking. In some cases, maybe when we talk about the opposition, going the diplomatic route. Yes, isn't that weird? They don't often do that. Uh, no, but they, 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 they don't give us any nuggets of, oh, no, we think such and such a soft will run over yes, them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy, those are the days. Imagine if they did do that. The bloody <laughs> football media world would cave in. But No, they're bo- both uh, very well-spoken coaches, aren't they? You, you, yeah. find, that, uh, you find that in, in these particular parts, you know, VFL, men's and women's. You can, when you first speak to a coach for the first time in these circumstances, you can sort of think, I, I can see why this person has been... Uh, you know, chosen to, to take up this role. They sound like real natural leaders and great speakers as well, and they sound like two coaches that you'd like to play under, Peter, but you'd left your boots at home, so you won't be playing today. Well, maybe two coaches that could be high, because let's talk about some news this week before we talk about the news that happened a couple of weeks ago during our off week, but... Uh Alan McConnell will still be an employee of the GWS Giants, but he will no longer be their AFLW coach. He took over for the second season, so he went from 2018 through until now. Uh, his record was, without looking at it, I think it was a 16-25-1, so he was certainly on the, as, as the Americans say, below 500 yeah, yeah. when they talk about uh, that, that way of percentage. Um, he has, uh, he's either left willingly or unwillingly, we don't know. The press release is all about, oh, yes, he's moving on to other things, but we don't know it was exactly he made the call or or if someone else made the call saying, Alan, time, time to consider other things in the uh, football so operations department. Still employed. So, so he's still an employee yeah. of the Giants because I think he's director of coaching. He has another job yeah, in right, there. Okay. The AFLW job, in a way, not to demean it, was kind of a secondary role to what else was going on there. But, um, yeah, he, he is now done coaching the AFL side. Um, what to make of his tenure? Well, I actually, I know they didn't win too many games this year, the Giants, but I saw a little bit of them. I thought they actually played some pretty good football at times. And I, I think that I think that, that might have come into it in the end. I think they maybe have a look at the fact that they've got a pretty good group of sort of, you know, six to eight players and they probably feel like they should mm. be playing finals. And... I think they should as well. I think they've got some, mm. uh, they've got some outstanding players actually. The Giants and all across the field as well. So, potentially that uh, that might have been the reason. It, it sounds like it's been amicable if they're keeping him in the building. Although, like, like you say, he had a sort of two roles yeah. going anyway. But uh, I don't know. Now we start to think about you know who's going to take up that job and. Uh, there'd be worse jobs, I think, in the AFLW because I actually think the Giants don't have the worst list. In my opinion. I think he went one season too many. Yep. Um, I think he should have been gone at the end of last year and not for a case of we don't like you, you're sacked, you're out the door, etc. More a case about the future because once they knew the Swans were coming in, you then had to be, you had to be realistic. Was Alan McConnell going to be in that seat for the next five years? Could you see him coaching for a further five years? And I don't think anyone would say yes. I think they should have made whoever's going to be coaching him now coach at the start of the season that we just had the reason being is they're able to paint to Giants players this is my vision going forward 
because we know Sydney's coming knocking. So that kind of helps lean the way of, do I want to stay with the Giants or do yeah. I want to take this Sydney offer? The problem is Sydney could be making an offer right now at this very moment to their better players. And their better players are like, well, I don't know who the um, incoming coach is. And even if I do, I don't know what their game plan is. Scott Gowans is in, in charge of Sydney. And at least I've kind of seen what he's done with North Melbourne. So it's the great unknown versus something that you know a little bit about. Well, it's interesting timing, isn't it, when you yeah. paint it when you paint it like that. I mean, I don't know. And I'm a big believer that you don't sack a coach unless you've got a bit of an idea of who you're going to go after. Yeah. And, th- yeah. and they, they may have um, a bit of an idea. Like you say, that's only news that's uh, come to pass in the, in the, in the recent days. Um, but, yeah, they're in a different situation now because it's not a one-team town in that league mm. anymore. So... Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that, but uh, in, term, in terms of coaching vacancies, I think it's uh, a pretty desirable position. This was more, I guess, Twitter fantasy by people uh, posing online. It was a knee-jerk reaction to when they heard uh, Alan would no longer be head coach. Yep. But the name Alicia Eva got thrown out there. Well, she's already doing some coaching there, isn't she? I've seen her when yeah. uh, last season when the uh, Giants uh, VFL men's team come down. I, I called them... Uh, when they played Casey last year and, sh- and she was there. So that's obviously something that she's going to do post-playing career, which uh, she'll go on next year. She hasn't, there's not any news that I've missed, is there? I, I believe she's going on next year. Um, there's playing been, coach, maybe. There's been no retirement announcements out of the GWS Giants at this stage, including Cora Stoughton, who's yeah. 40. So... <laughs> We, we, whenever her name comes up, the, yeah. the age has to be has to be mentioned. Well, I, what, what, what do you think they would do in terms of having a playing coach? We haven't seen that for a long time in our elite level I, footy. I, I think it's bad, particularly because we're in a league that is still developing, yeah. and we're going. The lists are going to have to. In a way, when the teams are going to the draft, they're really going to a deeper end with talent. It is not the absolute elite, elite playing. You are going to get some players that are maybe average state league footballers purely because we need the numbers at this stage. Even more so that if the season starts in August, the 18-year-olds might be wiped out and might not be eligible for this draft, depending on how they tweak the rules. So if they're not available and you've got to go deeper again into the state league pool, and therefore there's got to be a real focus on development, do you want a rookie coach in there, no matter how good she may turn out to be, do you want the rookie coach or do you go, look, we need someone with a bit of experience from somewhere, particularly in the development stakes. It may be in reality a short-term appointment, but that's what we need for essentially where the standard of football is at the moment. Yeah, and to navigate all the complexities of this season, which has come in a rush. The other thing is, um, because they're still not professional, you know, could you really expect a player to juggle those two things and neither of them are full time. <laughs> I wonder. Let me let me throw a curveball out there because I know obviously a, a lot um, do want women to coach, and you know I, I'd be a big fan of Chrissy Steen or Ralph Smith getting it. Um, or as I said, Nicole Grays, I'm a big fan of, or getting a Nikki Harwood over from WA, etc. But if they did go with a male coach, how would you feel about someone like a Choco Williams? Getting Mark Williams, who's been in a development role at the moment. Yes, we just had the discussion earlier about coaching men and women is different. Yeah. Do you go down that road? Do you go, like I said, all right, if we're going to development, let's maybe try Mark Williams? Or do you go, well, no, no experience there in women's football. That's a bad idea. Let's try and look around for the best assistant coach we can find at the moment in the AFLW system. Well, I, th- I think Choco was, or well, maybe my memory's failing me, but I think he was involved with the Giants uh, 
a few years ago before yeah, before yeah. he then went to Richmond, I think. Yeah. Going back at the men's team, of course, going back uh, a little while. Yeah, that's it. He's at Melbourne, I think, at the moment. Yeah, yeah, Choco. yeah. yeah. Um, and that's why he's getting the praise, because he helped in the back turn him around, obviously, yeah, get this yeah. play, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, the thing with that uh, particular, you know, if they were to go down the uh, Mark Choco williams route, I, you know, there's always going to be the thing of, well, you know, you've, you've like this, it would be Nick Del Santo all over again, really. Well, Although yeah, Del yeah. Santo never but coached. Yeah, yeah. Previously. Well, yeah, Del Santo was worse for the simple fact that he didn't coach. Yeah. If Williams gets in, yes, there will be a bit of blowback because not a, a woman coach or someone's been involved in women's football. But at least you're able to say, well, this person has coached at the very top level and won a premiership at the very top level, was behind Melbourne's development. So you could say, at least from a resume point of view, He's got an impressive resume. Yeah. And, th- and th- this isn't, um, you know, a, yeah. a, a particular thing about male and female. No, I mean, yeah. we've got plenty of great males that, that coach in this, this league that we, uh, that we know and love. You know, Lockie Harris and Brendan Major and, and, uh, and, and a handful of others. Um, so it, yeah, it's just, I mean, obviously that Nick Del Santo thing rub, rubs some people the wrong way. But, yeah, I mean, I, I wonder, is he in a position, McConnell, where he might weigh into that decision? Now is that is, is will that have any? Uh well, yeah, because yeah, if he's like director of coaching, because yeah. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of what the exact role is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does is he on the coaching panel? You know, like that. That's a very good question. You know, is he almost judge, jury, and executioner on who replaces him? It'd be a bit of uh, that's a bit of a strange one. You can't imagine that ever happening in the corporate world. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> different. Ex- exactly. So um, we all wait with bated breath on on who the Giants uh, will pick as their coach. Remember, we have got Peter Sill hanging out there as well. You know? Her name always comes up, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, indeed it does. Indeed it does. And it so. should. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Will she consider a move interstate? That is a very good question. It's the VFL Women's Match of the Day. Now, I'm guessing they would have joined us mid-conversation on VFLW.TV. We are streaming there now. Hello, you are listening to the WARFradio.com call of the Western Bulldogs and Darabin Falcons. You've got Peter Holden and Brent Sternberg with you at VU Wittenover. We have a bounce down of 11am this morning. Uh, Darabin just coming from the field from doing uh, their warm-ups. Uh, we've been in our pre-game show talking with Kirby Bentley and Kate Tindall, the coaches of the Western Bulldogs and Darabin respectively. Remember uh, an hour before bounce down on every Wharf Radio game, uh, we have a pre-game show on our radio stream including interviews with the coaches. So make sure you join us early on the radio stream before for if you do want to switch across to watch the vision on VFLW.TV. We were just having a discussion then about Alan McConnell, no longer coach of the GWS Giants, but someone who now is a head coach in the AFLW is a former assistant here at the Western Bulldogs. She was also for a season uh, head coach of Geelong in the VFLW. She only lost her role due to COVID cutbacks at the time. That is Natalie Wood. She is now head coach of Essendon. And one position is filled, and a, and a good acquisition, I think, as well. I mean, I know we um, have had that conversation a fair bit on this channel, haven't we, about uh, who they might go after the Bombers. So Natalie Wood is the one. I've, I've read quite a bit about her this week, and a lot of people speak very uh, very highly of her, and she's obviously going to oversee the Bombers' first venture into the AFLW, and uh, who knows, they may even go into the AFLW as VFLW Premiers having a, a cracking season, and she's obviously uh, going to cast an eye over that particular team as they're looking to um, fill 
fill that particular uh, roster. I wonder if we can maybe get her on at some point later in the season. Well, we hope so when we call the Bombers game instead of uh, Brendan Major. With respect to Dr. Brendan Major, we always love having him (laughs) on. But, uh, yeah, obviously, as no doubt, Nat will be uh, watching their game. So it'll be interesting to get her take on how things are going down there at Bomberland. Um, like you said, um, uh, the, there has been a lot of praise for her in the uh, press and talking about her background in education as well. Um, and, and as we said, uh, premierships uh, at uh, Darabin, uh, also played for Melbourne University. Um, I, I Very excited originally when I heard the name come out. Now, uh, I'm taking on a little bit more information. I, I kind of sit back in my chair a bit with great interest. Um, okay. Um, I, I've, I've heard one or two other stories. I, I'm, I'm going to put that down at this stage to maybe personality rub because this, these are people that uh, knew Nat, uh, I'd probably say, 10 or so years ago. So people can evolve and change over that time. So, um, And like I said, you know, every, everybody can rub everybody the wrong way. I'm sure some people think I'm great. I probably get on the nerves of others. And but I'm, um, I'm so, sure there's people that have tuned in and heard my voice and uh, tuned yeah. out as well. And, and, <laughs> I, and I would suggest that maybe with a coach with a coaching style, there may be some that love it and there might be some that go, I don't respond to that. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see how she goes. As we said, she's got the experience behind it. So there's no doubt she has got the resume. It's just now to see if her style cuts it at Windy Hill. And I guess the big question, and we asked this on air with the um, uh, when we uh, last did the Bombers, we go, okay, uh, when the new coach comes in, will they keep the same game plan that Brendan Major's been doing with this Mosquito Fleet football, or are we going to see a complete overhaul there? So, um, yes, I, I guess, um, because no one's really probed that yet on, on that because obviously they still haven't put the AFLW list together, yeah. but it's like... Are you going to keep the same game plan or do you see going down a different road? Well, the personnel obviously will, um, I think, will hinge on that. We know that uh, George and Ian Scorn was their, their first signing. I, I don't think they've signed anybody else since then, or have they? <laughs> well, it's very, very interesting that you say that. Very, <laughs> very interesting. Um, at, at the moment, they haven't announced signings from other clubs. Oh, I, I Sid- see where this Sid- is going. Sydney jumped the gun early with Matty Collier. They were not supposed to announce that uh, they had acquired her from the West Coast Eagles because yep. the AFL still hasn't officially set the rules on yep. how many and compensation and all of that for, for poaching by the expansion teams. Um, but I guess the AFL may have just given like a slight slap on the wrist to Sydney and said you could probably get away with it because she's a Sydney girl coming back home. So they can roll out the excuse of, oh, she's returning home. But I think the AFL has said to uh, the clubs after that, cool your jets until we say it's okay, which I think is their words for wait till the AFLW grand final's gone, then start rolling out your announcements. Um, But uh, for my inkling, I've been hearing that they've been speaking to a number of big names, but there's a difference between speaking to a number of big names and getting a number of big names. One name... Um, Some, I didn't, anybody from the Bulldogs, Peter? Yes. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll say this name and I will say a full disclaimer on air before anyone throws back at me with this person. Um, yep. This person has done special comments for us in the past, actually in our Facebook chat group, even though I didn't name drop that person's name, even though I probably name dropped it everywhere else. <laughs> um, and I actually haven't spoken to this person face-to-face and asked her and someone would say... Why, why, why wouldn't you do that? Wouldn't you ask them face-to-face if that's, you know, if it's yes or no? It's like, I don't want to put them in that awkward position. So it's awkward trying to talk about them where it may or may not be accurate, but also not talking to them to confirm if it's accurate or not because you don't want to... It's the weird thing of when a player works with the media about not trying to put them in an awkward position. But the name that I heard thrown up there was Bonnie Too Good. 
Um, and I've heard two different stories now. The first story, and then I went with from earlier in the week, was I heard from one source out of the Bombers, which was Bombers have contacted her. There is an offer. It is a big money offer. And when I say big money, this is not like mentally to about a million bucks or whatever. Yeah. Big money offer in, in women's football is a case of here's tier one, maybe a little bit of marketing dollars, and here's a job. Um, because to lure, if you were to lure Bonnie too good away from the Bulldogs, you'd have to up the tier. Plus, she actually has a job in the Western Bulldogs community um, section here. So you have to up that offer if you're going to get someone to move. Now, this is the thing. I heard it was an offer. Now, people can be offered and people can turn it back straight away yeah, and say, yeah, nah, yep, yep. I haven't heard if there was a reply, consideration, or has signed and is not saying anything. I did hear... Um, the other day from another source, which is very close to Bonnie, um, which said that, no, she hasn't received an offer. She is very happy where she is. So there's three possible outcomes I see. That, no, she didn't receive an offer. She's happy with the kennel. That's that. The, The next one is, no, the Bombers have offered a contract and she is considering it. The third possible scenario is offered a contract, has said yes, but is publicly saying no because everyone's being told, zip. Oy. Yeah, I almost knocked my microphone off with that. <laughs> Zip, got to keep mum until whatever. Because there's no doubt, there's probably players out there, and also with the Hawks, with Port Adelaide, and with and with Sydney, that have been signed, but can't say anything yet until officially the AFL puts out their rules, and then, and then the flood will come. And the other thing to remember as well is these teams, and we're talking about Essendon specifically here, but the other three expansion teams are going to have draft picks. So there's going to be that opportunity to bring, to you know, lure a big name like uh, how the Tigers did it with Monique Conti when they traded a couple of their picks. So that's uh, that's also something to keep uh, in mind. That, that's an interesting story, and I'll quickly relate that because it uh, relates to the Bulldogs. And just quickly, we talked about, and this ties back into Nat Wood, that, um, that there is the talk out there that Nat obviously is obviously talking to some Bulldogs players, which wouldn't come as any great <laughs> surprise because she's just coached here and probably would be talking to some Geelong players as well since she was at Geelong to say, hey, do you want to come play with me at the Bombers? So, um, you, you know, that, that that's a natural thing. Any club that goes... It's like in local footy. Bloke leaves one club, goes to another club. Of course he's going to talk to his old club and players. Say, hey, you want to come have a kick with me over here? So... You know, we, we wait to see how that plays out. But the Monconti situation was very interesting because at that stage under the expansion rules for that uh, expansion phase two was that for only four players could be poached from a club and then after that they would have to get compensation. And from what I remember, um, in, that, in that go, you had Brennan go to Richmond. Yep. You had Birch go to... Uh, no, no, it wasn't Birch. It was someone to Geelong plus uh, O'Connor. Uh, so you had two there. Then you had, uh, oh no, no, sorry. Um, one went to the Saints, one went to the Cats, and then what happened was, the Tigers were just about ready to sign Monconti, and the Bulldogs had got win that Tiana Ernst had got a job opportunity in Brisbane, and so they went to to Tiana. Do you want to go? And then she's like, yeah. And they quickly did the deal with Gold Coast, so she was actually poached by Gold Coast. Right. But by doing that meant four players had already been poached. It means you have to trade after that period. Yeah. So because they beat the, the Tigers to the punch, by the time the Tigers were ready to sign Conti, it was like, uh-uh, four have already been poached. No, we have to talk Turkey. Right. And that's okay. how they got the number one pick. I see. Well, so, so Mick's, there's a lot of water to go under Mick, the Mick Sandry said that they knew that the, the Tigers were after Conti, so they made the Ernst deal with the Gold Coast super quick. Yep. So therefore the Tigers would have to give up the gold. And can I just say that minute Conti trade has worked out well for the Tigers. I know they haven't done a lot of winning, but boy, what if, a player. If 
Monique Conti stays at the Tigers. What are you, Peter? Don't. I am just saying she <laughs> has some roots in the northwestern parts of Melbourne. Oh, 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 oh I see. I see. So she is, she is one where, I mean, I haven't heard that she's been offered contracts or anything like that, etc. But she is one name where, I, I, I know for one thing, um, I, from one source, that she would like to improve the financial situation a little bit because she's had to, she's had to make a decision between WNBL and footy. And I know that she'd also be open to going back to WNBL if WNBL paid more than footy. Mm. So, um, yes, so there is that out there that I I think, and this could also be for Hawthorne as well or Sydney, you know, if if the price was right. And who can blame her? I mean, heck, if if your chance of being paid part-time money or full-time money or full-time money with a little more sauce on top... yeah. Of course you're going to listen. Well, we're all looking for raises, aren't we? I keep asking the folk at Wharf Radio and keep getting knocked back. So Mate, you're going to have as many zeros as you like on that <laughs> contract. You just can't have a number in front of it. As many zeros as I like behind the initial zero. Exactly. We're just about ready to get underway here on WARFradio.com and VFLW.TV at the Ground Delay Free on 89.1 FM. It's the Western Bulldogs and Darabin Round 6 football. And to get you underway... Here is Brent Sternberg. Round six, VFLW action. The Bulldogs looking for their first win of the season. Darabin looking for three in a row for the first time since 2018. The Bulldogs will come out of the middle, though, first. Here's a handball to Eliza Morrison back into the team. Christ Gurgle, the uh, captain with a left foot kick, bouncing ball out towards the broadcast wing. That's a hot ball out there. It's a hot day. And down goes, I think that might have been Jenna Lawson Tavern in the middle of all of that. And we'll get a ball up, smack bang, centre wing. Fifth matchup between these two. Darabin have never beaten the Western Bulldogs. Here's Naomi Salibri, who couldn't quite win the football, applied a tackle. And still the footy is underneath a massive player. Salibri is going to get it out again. This time on the left boot. Bouncing ball to half forward. McAloon with a good win there. She'll run herself clear. Open forward 50 for the Falcons. Bouncing ball. And now here comes Millie Schoen for the... uh, uh, Darabin's side. In fact, it was the captain, Steph Simpson, around the body, back towards the teeth of goal. Rudin, will she leave it for McKay? McKay tried to go off the ground, and in the end, McAloon has socketed it through. Well, they didn't know who wanted to have a crack at that one. It was Katie McAloon, it was Emma McKay, who was fantastic a couple of weeks ago in their win over the Blues. And it's Katie McAloon from Point Blank who has socketed it through for her first ever VFLW goal and the Darabin Falcons are away. One straight six, they lead the Bulldogs yet to score. No wonder why she's got the uh, arms in the air celebrating. Thank you very much, goal number one. Get around it. As we have the football just coming back to the middle. And I might just say, Peter, we do have a few number changes for the Doggies. We love that, don't we? And we also... We'll try and get on top of this as the uh, uh, morning and early afternoon wears on, but I think we've got a couple of late changes as well for the doggies. Yeah, indeed. So uh, thank you very much to the doggies for passing on that team <laughs> sheet. Not as the ball is in the middle of the ground and away we uh, go again. A hurry kick off the carpet on this occasion by Gogos. Goes inside 50 with the football. Simpson wants to try and come after it. Can't do so. Busting the way through there is Callanan. Put it on the right boot towards the top of Ooh. the goal square and away to the left-hand side. We'll register as a minor score. Darabin. 117. The Bulldogs yet to score. Two minutes gone, first term, 23 degrees. 
on a glorious March day here at VU Witten Oval. And just a message out to my mother. I've put sunscreen on, Mum, so please don't ring me at half-time yelling at me. Bulldogs have mucked up the kick in and back come the Falcons. They've come to play early, Darabin. Bad bounce for Mifsud. There's Eliza Vale. Handball to Bibby. Turns it over. Simpson wanted the free kick. Went in hard and low, trying to knock it clear. Little kick to the goal square. Another chance for a socket goal. And eventually they have kicked another one, the Falcons. I think that might have been. Was that Angie Gogos in there for Darabin? She's running back and claiming it. What a season she has having against her former side, and she's kicked an early one here, and wall. this is a hot start for Darabin. 2-1-13, they lead the Bulldogs yet to score in the blink of an eye. We haven't even played three minutes. And we should mention as well that uh, with a, a lot of players that weren't originally, uh, or when they were named on the VFLW website or to the media, they had just initial and surname. We can tell you number four, Maddie Marks, will be running around today for the Western Bulldogs. Tony Amaya, who is originally 41, wearing the number one. Kim Bays was meant to be wearing 60, wearing 24. And Amber Westcombe, wearing, meant to be wearing 69, now wearing 27. As the ball is back in the middle of the ground, let's see who will get it out. It's going to be a dog's ball, but not too far. I think it's Tony Amaya now is wrapped up by Gogos. And the umpire will come in and call for a secondary ball up. 2-1-13, the Falcons. Bulldogs, no score. As it's thrown high in the air, ball hit the ground. Lynch missed it there for the Falcons. Hurried little hand pass out. Finds Jonah Lawson Tavern. Kicks it straight up the line. Trying to come out and meet it there was McSweeney. Ball bounced away from her. Falcons now move it inside 50. It is 2-1-2 two two there. And the ball's going to bounce the hotspot 30 metres out from goal. Just having to weave around there and do well. Is Brooke Hardy now kicks it out towards the halfback flank position. Bit of wrestling going on there. Trying to get front position as Millie Schoen. Couldn't keep her feet. Eliza Morrison had it. Got spun around. Got a hand pass away in time. Looking for McSweeney. Hand pass the intended target was missed, but was cleaned up in the end. Now the kick is swaying in the breeze about 20 metres and taken by Eliza Morrison. She marks it half-back flank broadcast side. Wants to try and come inboard with a kick. It's interesting. Two on one, the numbers, and it's Freeman who comes straight through the guts. Manages to get the kick away, but got pulled down as she was doing it, Ooh. so it miskewed. Now Brookhart tries to come in and lay the tackle. Does well, but the ball would only go to the advantage of the Darabin Falcons. The kick up towards the half-forward flank as Sean is calling for it. Won't get to her. Kelly Dupake is caught, and the umpire says holding the football, Eliza Morrison. Morrison, you can have a free kick. So this is Eliza Morrison who's coming down from the Northern Territory Footy League Women's Premier League. Played in the losing grand final for Nightcliffe last Saturday. Bulldogs kick down the line. It's cut off by the Ruckwoman Sally Lynch, who's having a very good season in the ruck for the Falcons. Here's McAloon who kicked the first goal. It's gone through her hands, fighting on hands and knees down there for the Bulldogs. I believe that might have been McSweeney. Christ, Gurgle now goes into a big gang tackle. Angie Gogos and uh, Kelly Duparquet in there. Gogos, of course, who is an AFLW Premiership player with the Bulldogs and kicks her second goal of the season just a moment or two ago against her former side, and she's given away a free kick here for kicking in danger. Chris Gurgle out wide. Boy, Eliza Morrison's had a bit of it early. Fantastic player is Eliza. Kicking down the line just over the head of Sandrell. Gathered there by McNeese. That's a nice-looking kick and sliding in to take the mark is uh, Cowley Duparquet once again. And this is a very good start for Darabin. They'll be a little bit concerned, the Doggies, because one thing that they have not struggled with this season is the starts to games. They've actually kicked the first goal of the last three games. That's not going to happen here today. Hibbert off to Callanan inside 50. Genuine one-on-one. Simpson trying to knock it out there where it's McAloon who's going to turn and kick her second goal of the game. 
Oh boy, Darabin are running hot in the 23 degrees here at Witten Oval. Three goals inside six and a half minutes, 3-1-19. They lead the Bulldogs yet to score and Katie McAloon, who didn't have a goal in 12 games coming into this one, Pete, has two in six minutes. Should mention another player that uh, wasn't uh, originally listed for the Western Bulldogs, Megan Getschke, wearing the number 62 as a late inclusion, and 45 in the back line, originally wearing 68 and named as an emergency, but now wearing 45, Emma Collard. So the Bulldogs even ringing changes on the morning of yes. the game. Not quite a West Coast Eagles job. We're jumping your car and you've got to drive three hours to the ground, but close enough. I hope that's not just because the girls left their jumpers behind. Surely not. Whose mum's got a whirlpool? As there goes in there and try and lay a tackle by Meyer. That's Talia Meyer, of course. There's two Meyers playing today, and Talia Meyer's playing for the Western Bulldogs. Kicked off the carpet there by Margaret Purcell. Tried to put it in the area of Brooke Hartz. Couldn't get there. Umpire is circling, blows the whistle, and says it's going nowhere. We'll call for a ball up. On the bottom of that deck there, Purcell for the Western Bulldogs. Umpire throws it high in the air. In fact, 62 was Megan Getschke. As it's now back on the deck, Lynch Bang. had to go back in and get it again. The Ruck doing her own roving work. Kitted towards the half-forward flank, broadcast side of the ground. Almost tunnel-ball oh, style by MK. Got turned over in the end by Louise Bibby. Ooh. Goes up the line, crunch. You can almost hear the thud from here as Lynch takes the spoils. And now goes up the line, almost pinpoint perfect with the kick. Just fell a meter, millimetre short. Eliza Morrison immediately wrapped up on this occasion by Michaelia Meyer of uh, the Darabin Falcons. Uh, has a kick towards the centre wing position. Mifsud tries to come out and meet oh, well it. Done. Got the hand pass away in the nick of time. Squ Squeezing the sandwich is Alan Buckley. She goes up. The mark dropped by Collard. Now moved by Simpson. Deep inside 50 now for the Darabin Falcons. Ball popped out the side for Emma McKay to try Ooh. and bend it round. She won't. Back to was Rachel Hibbert, pardon me, with a kick. And that is a minor score to the right-hand side. 3-2-20, the Darabin Falcons. Western Bulldogs yet to score. Eight minutes gone, first term. Rachel Hibbert, a young lady who also played at soccer as a junior for the Darabin would they be the Falcons as well? I'm yes, not they sure. are. They They're are. all the Falcons. Well, there we go. Bulldogs to the outer side. Boy, they just need to possess the footy here, the Doggies. It's the captain, Riley Chris Gurgle. Second season as captain. And she's going to retreat and come all the way back. So that's Mel Freeman. And they'll try and switch the play here. The Doggies. Oh, has to be good. Can't afford to be turning it over on the last line of defence. That's not a great kick from Schneider either, but Morrison with the good hands. She's just about been... Best on ground through the opening half of this first quarter. That's not the best kick, although nicely gathered there for the Bulldogs. That was uh, Kim Bays towards the middle of the ground. Rudin has to go. Here comes Maddie Lister for the Bulldogs, right in the middle of the Witten Oval. Oh, crunch! Handball gave it to the, I think that was the captain, Chris Gurgle, who was absolutely poleaxed in the middle of the ground. Doggies are going to keep it alive here. Big boot onto that one. I think that was uh, Morrow, the ruck woman. Out comes Victoria Blackwood for the Falcons. She couldn't get it. Kicked away there by Bays. Had it smothered. Darabin to win it in the middle of the ground. That was uh, Mifsup who gave it off to McKay. Kick inside 50. Maybe a nudge out. Umpire said play on. Great win there by McAloon. Back towards the teeth of goal. That one's going to stay in, I reckon. McAloon's going to win the race as well. Two Bulldogs after her. Kicked it away. Socked away as well by the Bulldog player. Unfortunately, it's gone out of play and out on the full. So not much going right early on here for the Doggies. Very, very unlucky. She didn't mean to sock it. It was no. just passed to her and was, wasn't expecting it. And now the square up. Too much space there for Sally Lynch to work her way into. So Sally Lynch will be having a shot on goal from about 22 metres out. 45 degree angle. King towards the Geelong Road end of the ground. 
In creeps Sally Lynch. And the kick towards the right-hand side and a minor score. 3-3-21, the Darabin Falcons, the Western Bulldogs, no score. Ten minutes gone first term. Just a friendly reminder, on at the moment, Casey Demons and Southern Saints on the afl.com.au Match of the Week stream. And coming up on vflw.tv after this game at 1 o'clock, although without commentary, uh, Geelong versus Essendon from Deakin. That will be a great game. As the Doggies go with a dangerous pass across the face of goal, taking it and going for a run, Eliza Vale. Now the kick towards the halfback flank. Riley Chris Gurgle went flying for it with a punch from behind the last second from Hazlitt. Hand pass out while under pressure from Freeman. Put into heavy traffic on the halfback flank for the Doggies. Out of sight of the ground, or as they used to say, Doug Hawkins' wing. Umpire comes in, blows the whistle and says, I'll take the football back, please, and call for a ball up. They've still got the sign out there, Peter, saying Doug Hawkins' wing, immortalising the great man. Miss the old coach's box, the eagle's nest they used to have out there. Boy, they loved him out here, didn't they? Chris Gurgle again in there for the Doggies. And this is some real heat being generated by the Falcons around the contest as if, as if it wasn't hot enough. They've kicked the first three goals in the opening half of the first quarter. And now here they come again. High kick inside 50. Back with the flight, McSweeney. Oh, McAloon was that. I think I uh, saw her throwing her arms out looking for a free kick. Good forward pressure here by the Falcons. Here comes Kelly Duparquet, just stripped of it. Can the Bulldogs get out here? Hard stood up in the tackle. Hard's all right. There's no way out of there. We're going to get a ball up about 35 out from goal. Darriman 3-3-21, leading the Bulldogs yet to score. Here on wharfradio.com at the ground. Delay free on 89.1 FM and on VFLW.TV. Here's the hurry kick. Juggling grab. Swallowed up. 35 metres out from goal, directly in front. And taking it, I think it's Rachel Hibbert. Yes, I believe so. Yep. And she'll be looking to slot it between the big sticks in the background. I love how you've got the old little trailer converted. Can bar, very western suburbs. <laughs> in comes Rachel Hibbert. Creeps in towards goal. It's only a slight angle. We'll put boot to ball at 27 metres out. And she's away to the right-hand side. 3-4-22 for the Darabin Falcons. The Western Bulldogs yet to score. 12 and a half minutes gone into the first turn. They haven't had it inside 50 yet, the Doggies. Oh, they've had all sorts of trouble getting it out from the kick-in. And they're going to turn it straight over to Kelly Duparquet, who picked it off and popped it through. And make that four goals for the Darabin Falcons. 4-4-28, the Bulldogs yet to score. Crikey. Aye, aye, aye. It's, uh, it, it's not looking good when the ball's coming out like that and um, uh, some of the Bulldogs players are standing around looking a bit flat. Let's hope that uh, a little bit more effort comes in. I know it's going to be a long hill to climb from here, but uh, got to have that little bit of pride in the jumper. That one there just seemed almost like a little too easy, yeah. almost a training drill that uh, she got to crawl, to crawl on in with no one really trying to chase after her. They almost look like they're still asleep, the doggies. They thought that it was two weeks off, not just one. It's like, come on, wake up. Well, heck, I've been awake all night. And that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, work. As it's now taken here by Talia Mai, who gets the resulting free kick. Let's hope this will start the doggies up. As they go out towards the wing position, having the football and trying to break the tackle there is Mary Sandrell. Or as she's better known, Mary Poppins by her teammates. Darren Falcons, though, will win it. Mally Sean was calling for it. She was trying to do the old one-two combination with Emma McKay. And the umpire says there's a trip in there, and that'll be a free kick going the way of the doggies. And they'll have the ball in the Doug Hawkins wing. And I think out there is the 43 in Gemma Webster. I do admit, when I saw Jay Webster first, I thought, 
surely not the commentator Jess Webster. <laughs> she did play state league footy with Zilmia up in Queensland. I thought, she's not getting a sneaky game in, is she? But no, it is in fact Gemma Webster. And she went short with a kick and uh, found a teammate. And coming back in board to Lucy Schneider. Schneider with a football gave off. Long kick towards the arc. Oh, swallowed up by Sally Lynch. Brilliant. Too tall, too good. And she has the football at the centre half-back position. Now goes towards the half-back flank. Victoria Blackwood, who we're talking about with uh, Kate Tindall pre-game. She goes off the half-back flank with a long kick past centre wing. Riley Kriskerger was there, thought about picking it up, left it for a teammate there in Schneider who got spun around in the end. And plenty of numbers with the Darabin Falcons as they kicked it off the carpet. They'll try and race inside 50. The Bulldogs player not committed to pick up the football but had support coming. And I think that was Schneider going back to get her own football. Now we'll go towards the half-back flank position. Had it, lost it, got it back again with Gemma Webster. Going out wide towards the wing. Ooh, now has it gone it? out? Has Vale touched it or not? Very close. And the umpire says no. Lasso rule free kick to the Darabin Falcons. Yeah, I think she did touch it, but she just didn't quite get there in time. So Darabin to bring it back in. Kick out into the pocket. Here comes Mifsud. And she can't keep it in either. So we'll get a ball in about 30 around from Darabin's goal. Alyssa Mifsud, who actually led Darabin last year in total disposals and total clearances as well. She was one of only two players to play in every game last season for Darabin. Alyssa Mifsud and Gina Lawson Tavern, the only two. Darabin have it inside forward 50 again. Gogos is just going to leave it for Mifsud, who's going to win another clearance here. High kick back to the hot spot, bounced off the hands of Hibbert. Deep in the pocket, that might have been Emma McKay, I think, who squeezed it through. A lovely finish. Darabin, four, have they done some damage in this quarter? They've got five. 5-4-34, they lead the Bulldogs yet to score. 16 and a bit minutes gone. Here on WARFradio.com at the ground, delay free on 89.1 FM and on VFLW.TV. Remember, if you're listening on Wolf Radio at the moment thinking, I can't find this stream, it's no longer via the VFLW YouTube channel. They've set up a brand new standalone page. VFLW.TV is that address. And uh, therefore, all the games will be put up there, including the AFL.com.au stream game. That'll be put up later as a replay, also via that same page, in case you want to watch it back during the week. Umpire has the football back in the middle of the ground and we'll reset ourselves. Lynch will be in the ruck here for the Darabin Falcons. And for the Western Bulldogs, it's going to be Jamie Lee Morrow. Morrow wins out on this occasion. Talia Meyer, Buster and got past two, including Gogos. Now he's a good inside 50. It's long. Blackwood was back there. Heavy traffic trying to kick the football off the ground as Wescombe. Managed to gain a few metres. Vale goes in there, immediately wrapped up. Everyone wants to jump on top of the footy. Umpire circling. Will he pull out the free kick? He says no prior opportunity. Sitting on top of the football was Carly McNeese. He'll take it back and call for a ball up 30 out from goal. Emma McKay, the last goal kicker. She kicked two in their win over Carlton a couple of weeks ago. But the Dogs with their first foray inside forward 50 for the morning. Hat kick out of there by Gogos. Bouncing ball. Difficult one for McSweeney, but she did well. Handball to Morrison, and Morrison from 45 to the goal square. Sandril is there. That's really well done by Blackwood to knock it away. Gogos now with some work to do deep in defence. Handball asked a little bit of Victoria Blackwood, and now they've given away a free kick, the Doggies. And so Angie Gogos will step up to take the kick. The leader in the coaches' votes had a fantastic season, although that's not her best kick. Well done there by Buckley, I think that was. Hat kick out of there. Hibbert. Beaten there by uh, Collard. Hamble looking for Hards. Darabin just getting numbers to the fall of it, though. What a collect that was by Eliza Vale. Back it comes for the Dogs. 
fantastic mark taken in front there. Wescombe it is. Bulldogs with a kick inside 50. Oh, the breeze took that one a little bit. Trying to get rid of it there was Lister. Bumped off at Meyer. Underneath it, Lynch. Not 15, umpire said play on. So Sally Lynch just had to get it away any way she could. Morrison's going to get it again here for the Doggies. Can she get away from Emma McKay? No, handball turnover. Falcons on the march. Simpson to Hibbert and now Emma McKay. They've got nothing to kick to the Falcons. The handball wasn't great. Mifsud was never really a chance. Trying to turn up the heat though. That was a great tackle by McKay. Probably should have been rewarded. Bulldogs with a lucky break. The first break of the quarter. Eliza Vale kick out wide. The Doggies have it just back into the wing on the outer side. So they'll try and string something together and see if they can get their first score on the scoreboard. A little bit of sell the candy job going on there by Gemma Webster. Went up the line only as far as Sally Lynch, who's starting to rack up the possessions. Yes. Sally Lynch at 181 centimetres. I tell you what, a few of the expansion teams I know will be looking for a ruck, and there's probably not that much of a ruck pool amongst the under-18s this year. So uh, Sally Lynch's name could well and truly be up there for an AFLW contract, particularly if she can keep turning out the performance like she's doing so far in this first term. As the Bulldog as the Falcons now go inside 50. Miss it, win with a hand Trouble. pass over the top here. They try to give up a quick one to Celebrity, who kicked around oh. the corner! And she got the goal! Naomi Celebrity with her first of the day. And the Falcons go out to 6 4 40. The Western Bulldogs, no score with about 15 seconds remaining in this first term. She's had seven disposals, Sally Lynch. That's equal second on the ground. Lucy Schneider with nine, who's had all nine of those across half back. That's where the ball has lived in the first quarter here at the Witten Oval. But she, you're right with Sally Lynch as we uh, hear the quarter time siren to bring to an end the first 20 minutes that was dominated by the Falcons. Sally Lynch, uh, just quickly before we get the goal kickers and whatnot, third in the VFLW in terms of average hitouts a game, just a shade over 22. So she's having a fantastic early uh, start to the season, I should say, for the Falcons in the ruck department. Absolutely. So uh, that is a name just to. Uh keep highlighting with the AFLW clubs. And she is of course the younger sister of Max Lynch, former Collingwood Ruckman who's at Hawthorne this year. So there you are, it's in the family, blood it's in, it's in the bloodline, yes. so um, I, kn I know that all Sydney, Hawthorne, Essendon and, uh, and Port Adelaide all don't have a ruck at the moment, so you never know. You never know. Good luck to Sally. But more focused, but more importantly, she's doing well in this game. And yes. she's more worried about getting the four premiership points. At the moment, they've got that comfortable 40-point lead and look on track to get those 40 points plus a percentage. Well, they're well on the way, Darabin. A six-goal first quarter. That was an outstanding first 20 minutes from the girls from Darabin. 6-4-40, they lead the Bulldogs, who didn't score in the opening quarter. Just quickly, Peter, the goal kickers. Katie McAloon with her first two VFLW goals in that quarter. Naomi Salibri, Sabine Cowley, Duparquet, Angie Gogos, and Emma McKay are the singles. Let's have a look at some stats we go through for the Darabin Falcons. And we go by disposals first. Sally Lynch has got those seven touches and seven hitouts as well, as well as four marks. Angelica Gokos with five disposals. Rachel Hibbert with four. So McKay, McLoon, Meyer and Simpson. So they are sharing the football round a bit. For the uh, Western Bulldogs, nine touches for Lucy Schneider. Yeah. Uh, that's seven kicks uh, and also got three marks in there. Morrison's got seven touches. Freeman and McSweeney with six each. Uh, if we can break down the team stats, possession count at the moment, the Bulldogs actually lead the possession count 51 to 49. So they're getting their hands on the ball 
It's just the use of the football is in question at the moment. Kicks at the moment, Darabin lead 45 to 40. Uh, Bulldogs lead handballs 23 to 16. Marks 13 to 9 mm. to the Bulldogs, which may surprise. But it's the pressure from Darabin. They lead the tackles 17 to 8. And inside 50s at the moment, well, that's the tail of the tape, 12 to 3. I'm actually surprised that the Bulldogs had that many, to be honest. I reckon they got all of those in the last probably four or five minutes. We might take this opportunity to take a break here on WARFradio.com and VFLW.TV, where it's the Darabin Falcons 6440 leading the Western Bulldogs, no score. The commentary of the game you're currently listening to is from the volunteers at Women's Australian Rules Football Radio. Founded in 2014, WARF Radio is not just here to provide a professional call the women's game deserves, but also provide important experience for those wanting a career in sports media. If you're a past or present women's footballer or coach or a media student and you'd like to give football commentary a try, visit WARFradio.com and click on volunteer. That's WARFradio.com and click on volunteer. Hi, I'm Natalie Armat from NITV. Sunday, March 27, is Neighbour Day, a national celebration of community. It brings together people from next door, the local community, and even online. It's a day that reminds us why having strong social connections is not only good for our own well-being, but also for the well-being of those around us. But the real strength is in knowing that Neighbour Day isn't just one day, it's every day. Find out how you can get involved at neighbourday.org. Hey. Hi. Your sub. We're here for Rad. Here's a simple word of advice. Don't drink and drive. If you plan to drink, plan ahead. Give up the keys. Either drink or drive. Don't mess around trying to do both. When you drink and drive, you're risking the life of yourself and the lives of everybody on the road. It takes a lot of courage to convince a friend not to drive after they've been drinking. But you might just be saving their life. So if you plan to drink, plan not to drive. What do you listen to while you're waiting for the next VFLW game on Wharf Radio? Do you long for the days when radio stations played music that you knew without being constantly bombarded with ads and by announcers who want to make it about themselves and not about the music? Welcome to GoRadio.Live. We're here 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, playing the very best music of the past 70 years. You can listen at www.GoRadio.Live or better still, download the free GoRadio.Live app for your Apple or Android device. Go radio.live. It's radio as it should be. It's the VFL Women's Match of the Day. Live from VU Witten Oval in West Footscray, it is the VFL Women's Match of the Day on WARFradio.com. That stands for Women's Australian Rules Football Radio. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Also streaming live via VFLW.TV. That's the new streaming platform now for five out of six games each week and the replay of the AFL.com.au game. Tell everyone about VFLW.TV. And if you come to the ground with your radio, you can hear us delay free on 89.1 FM. 6.440, the Darabin Falcons lead the Western Bulldogs. No score at uh, quarter time. And get this, uh, Brent Sternberg. I've got a score here. 18 minutes into the third term at Casey Fields. This is the AFL.com.au stream game. Yep. I thought this would have been a close game. If I had my pick of the round, I actually probably would have said, this looks like a good game to do. Maybe not. <laughs> Casey Demons, 8-10-58. Southern Saints, 1-2-8. Goodness gracious. What a season they're having, Casey. Of course, the uh, sole remaining undefeated team, uh, the Demons. So, boy. 
And the funny thing is, everyone's talking about Essendon after Essendon's uh, floggings in the first four rounds that they handed out before they drew with the Saints. I think everyone will wake up this round and go, ooh, what's this Casey side we've all been sleeping on here? Yeah, people have been sleeping on them. I, don't, I know Casey's a long way out. Uh, maybe that's the excuse. But, I mean, they were finalists last year. We know how well the senior team is going. They recruited really well, Casey. I called them quite a bit early on in the season. And they're, um, yeah, they're going to be a difficult team to beat. I mean, any team that goes down and manages to beat Geelong in Geelong, we know what a tough ask that is. So, And that's a fortress at Casey Field. I'm not sure anybody's going to beat them out there. And uh, next week, Casey have got Collingwood at the AIA Centre, at otherwise known as Olympic Park Oval. That's if they don't move to the MCG. I keep saying they should move it to be a curtain raise to the AFLW preliminary final. Move that game! <laughs> oh, I'd love to call it the G, Peter. Put in a good word for me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't pull those type of strings, buddy. Peter Holman, Brent Sternberg with you. Brent will get you underway for the second term. Oh, boy, the Bulldogs. 40 points down at quarter time. Not three-quarter time. Quarter time. They've got some work to do and they're going to have a free kick straight out of the middle here and they're wasting no time as they go darting out of the middle. That was Bayes. Kick the half forward. Off the hands of the pack and Sandrell bombing one towards the teeth of goal. That's going to bounce just the wrong side of the stick. Oh, that is just what they needed. Uh, Darabin kicked one inside 90 seconds in the first quarter. The Bulldogs have kicked it behind inside 20 seconds here and it's their first score of the morning. One behind the doggies. Darabin well out in front. 6 4 40. Rudin to bring the ball out from fullback, taps the ball on the ground once, gets collected after she kicks the football. It's long and it's high and uh, was looking for Morrison but it was spoiled and the ball goes over the boundary line and out of play. And we'll have a throw in 55 metres out from the Doggies goal. Can they trap it inside their forward half and see if they can get a goal to slowly chip in to this dominant Darabin lead? Well, they were talking the coaches about the conditions out there. You never know, that might be a six-goal breeze, Pete, going to that end. We'll see what happens. <laughs> As the ball gets thrown back into play, spinning back in. Marks versus Lynch. Lynch brought it to ground. Callanan dispossessed her opponent. Then she got brought to ground for her troubles. Morrison tried to weave through and give a hand pass out. Callanan gets claimed by Marks. Now Bulldogs ball. Hurry kick inside 50. Is going to sit very awkwardly. Trying to uh, get there is Morrow. Ball is close towards the boundary line. Almost getting falconed on the way through was Talia Meyer. Umpires pulled the whistle, pulled out a free kick and said, thank you very much, Holding, and that will go the way of the Darabin Falcons and end up with a former Bulldog. In fact, their former best and fairest from last year, yes. Simone Rudin. What a pick-up she's been this uh, well, off-season just gone. She skied that one to the back 50. Off-hands it'll come. And it's going to go uh, out of play. Disappointing to give that free kick away the Dogs because they've done well to get it deep inside 50. They've already just about had more inside 50s than they did in that entire first quarter. They've trimmed the margin from 40 points to 39. But they're looking better around the clinches. Here's Marks and Lynch again in the ruck. Lynch just got that big fist on it and knocked it away. Here is a chance for Darabin to win it from the clearance. A handball comes back to Nicole Callanan from a dog herself. That's a great kick, and Alyssa misses it. Takes the mark right in the middle of the Witten Oval. She's going to kick towards half forward, just over the head of McAloon, who was also on the dog's VFLW list a couple of seasons ago, but didn't get a look in. Dog's mucking around with it by hand. There's Collard, who was caught by Salibri. Chris Gurgle, the captain, back to the middle, and Lux a fortune for the Bulldogs. Here's Marks. The young lady playing in her first VFLW game. Oh, that was courage going back. That, uh, is that Lucy Schneider out there who was poleaxed right on centre wing? It was Michaela Meyer who got it. And uh, it was the former Falcon herself, Lucy Schneider. 11 games last year for the Falcons. She goes wide outside to the uh, player on the outer wing, Webster. 
Kick inside. Oh, now look out. They've got a player out the back here, the Bulldogs. Blackwood comes over to force the pressure. Good tackle. Ball spills free. Once again, the Doggies have it inside there forward 50 a ball in the left forward pocket about 30 around it's been all doggies through the first three and a half minutes of quarter number two indeed it has and it's uh, left me scrambling as well to find out who's number 11 yes. wearing it for it as well i think they've changed maybe the india barker i haven't seen her running around we're in the 64 so it could be nonetheless celebrity comes away with the ball Deep out of defence towards half-back flank. Had it momentarily, McAluna tried to get a hand pass. Pickpocketed away from her by Maddie Marks, who goes long with the ball. Marked on the last line of defence, though. And Huda has the football for the Darabin Falcons. And she'll switch towards the back pocket on the Doug Hawkins' wing side of the ground. Nicole Cullinan, who won a premiership here with the Bulldogs in 2018 in the AFLW. She has it and goes up the line. Finding Michaelia Meyer. Oof. Her kick doesn't hit the intended target. Gogos is running on by if they want to hand pass it to her. Other right supporters handle. there. Kicking it is Michaelia Meyer, who's run all the way up the ground from the initial kick. Got it out towards centre wing. Missed it, trying to create the pressure. Does well. Wraps up the opponent in Chris Gurgel. And the umpire will come in and say there's no proper opportunity and we'll take the football back. The Falcons, 6 4 40. They lead the Bulldogs one behind. Four and a half minutes gone, second term. They just look better, don't they? Bringing it off half back, Darabin, with that uh, ball use by foot. Ball up for grabs here on the wing. Socket clear. Celebri didn't really want to go for it. She left it for a Meyer, I think that was, to get it. Taken in a strong tackle. Michaela Meyer fighting tooth and nail to try and get that one out. They've got a handful of players. Darabin from out my way. Peter Ballarat. They picked up Michaela Meyer from the Redan Football Club. The Lions. Yes, the Lions. Very uh, powerful team back in the Ballarat Footy League. And here comes a free kick out of the ruck. And it's... Maddie Marks, who's holding her own through the early stages against Sally Lynch, who we mentioned is having a, a good start to this one. That ball stayed in. Kick down the line from Darabin, the Dogs player. Lost her footing. Marks is going to win the football here and give it off to Schneider and send the Bulldogs on their way. Schneider with a kick just inside 50 in front there. Sandrill did it well. Took the footy and then couldn't quite get rid of it. Here comes Chris Gurgle. Good use of the body there on uh, Carly McNeese. Good stuff by the captain, who I think I mentioned in that first quarter, she played the first five games last season, Riley Chris Gurgle, and then suffered a concussion and didn't play again. So great to see Captain Riley back. Crowd of about 300 here, by the way, at VU Witten Oval. 24 degrees, lovely summer day, a lovely autumn day, should I say. As the umpire will take the football back and say, I'll ball it up at the half-forward flank here for the Western Bulldogs. Matty Marks wins it. Ball hit the ground, though, to no great advantage. Umpire says in the back, mm. free kick going the way of Kim Bays. So Kim Bays with the footy. No relation to Port Phillip or Carayo. Now <laughs> delivers towards the hot spot. 35 metres out from goal. Simpson trying to get a hand pass. Blackwood was almost taken to ground without it. And the umpire comes in and says, I'll call for a ball up. Trying to lay the tackle from the side. It was Westcombe who was yes. flying through the air. Oh, was she ever? <laughs> almost needed a cape just for the full effect as Lynch tries to go in there. She's on hands and knees. Umpire says it's come out okay, and now he's ruled that a player's been taken too high. And that's going the way of Gogos for the Darabin Falcons. Angelica Gogos on the right boot, goes towards the half-back flank, looking for Steph Simpson, went through her hands. Maddie Marks is back there. Kelly Dupaque on her hammer. Marks with a hand pass, now going back to Morrison, who received it from Bays. Morrison now goes towards the half-forward flank position. We think this might be Barker wearing the 11. 
not listed on the VFLW app. Now kicks it long towards the one-on-one that Sandral flying through the air was spoiled from behind. And the ball went over the boundary line and out of bounds next to the left-hand point post. Well, I reckon there must be a breeze going this way because it has lived in this half of the ground for most of the first quarter and all of the second. Darabin can't get it past halfway at the moment. Can the doggies find themselves a goal? Morrow in the ruck, won it down. Darabin at the fall of it. It's actually going to find its way back to Morrow. Gave it straight to Mifsud, who tried to find a path through. Riley Chris Gurgle in there building the one-woman wall for the dogs. I was just going to say Amber Westcombe. She's nicknamed Rocket, so you can sort of see why. Darting out of there was Barker. Kick back towards full forward. It's all Darabin back here. Handball's come to Salibri. Kick out of the back 50, partially smothered. Here's uh, Chris Gurgle, who's just been run down from behind. Turnover, Darabin. Trying to get it out by hand. McAloon, who kicked two goals in the opening quarter, didn't get much on that kick. In hard and low again, Chris Gurgle and uh, Nicole Callanan. The umpire will ball it up just forward of centre for the Bulldogs, who have been a lot better in the second quarter, but just uh, one behind to show for it. And if I'm correct, the Darabin Falcons have not gone inside 50 this term. Not that I can recall, no. And that's pretty good for the Bulldogs that they're holding on and it's stemming, better. It's better. stemming the uh, flood of goals that was happening. But uh, now they've got to just try and turn it around and get some goals on the scoreboard themselves. They're down by 39 points. We throw the ball up between centre and centre half forward for the Bulldogs. One out by Matty Marks on that occasion. Brooke Hards on the outside of the pack. Ball popped out. Getting the hand pass away was McNeese. Now the kick on the left boot is high, high, high in the air. Oh. Awkward bouncing football got away from Webster. Managing to spin around and try and oh, get through traffic. Freeman has coughed it up. Now go Goss. Goes sky high with the kick. Simpson. in a wing. Simpson flew. Vale was there as well. Chris Gurgle immediately caught. Put into the ground. Now did a head hit the ground first? Ooh. Oh, geez. Uh, and that was being tackled there was the 24 base. Would have liked to have looked back at a replay of that one a little more closely. The umpire says it's fair and will call for a ball up. Well, if it wasn't uh, the dangerous tackle head into the ground, it probably should have been holding the ball, to be honest. Taken away by Schneider, who goes towards the half-forward flank position. Hand pass away while under pressure. Now calling for it and trying to receive Gemma Webster. Webster getting spun around back to Madison Lister. Lister on the right boot. Little Texas wedge kick just went the required distance. And again, the number 11 on the up, we think it may be India Barker. So she has the football. We'll swing around on the left boot, go long inside 50. Ball went out the back. Opportunity here, brought to ground as she tried to get the kick away. It was a 27 and Ember Wescombe, and the Rebecca is a minus score. The Bulldogs two behind. The Darren Falcons, 6 4 40, almost 10 minutes gone here on the second turn. Outstanding effort from Victoria Blackwood on the tackle there. She's another one recruited from the Redan Footy Club, so not just from Ballarat, but the same club. Great rundown tackle from behind. She was the only Darabin Falcon player that made the VFLW team of the year last year. That's a wobbly old kick out from full back for the Falcons, but it went straight to Sally Lynch. Out wide to Naomi Salibri, who kicked the, one of their six goals in the opening quarter. And they're just going to try and pick their way through the press that the Doggies have built. Here's Gina Lawson Tavern. Come out to the broadcast wing. Well, it's not going to quite find its way to the intended target of Mifsud. Here's Maddie Marks, who's getting a bit of the football for the Bulldogs in quarter number two here at the Witten Oval. 38 points they trail by. Kick out towards Sandrill over her head. And she's going to have a tough old afternoon. Mary Sandrill playing on Victoria Blackwood. Ball out of play this time in the right forward pocket. 30 around. Darabin 6-4-40. Leading the Bulldogs just the two behinds. Gone almost 11 minutes at the Witten Oval. 
here on WARFradio.com, your home of women's football and vision through VFLW.TV. Not the ground delay free on 89.1 FM. Umpire said there was a holding infringement in the ruck and it's going to go the way of Sally Lynch for the Darabin Falcons. Lynch with a white ribbon in the hair. And she is 35 metres out from defensive goal. Her team up by 38 points. False start. Now the umpire says, oh. well, this is interesting. The umpire blew the whistle, which I think meant to be hurry up, which may have given the initial impression to the player of, oh, that's play on, play but on, it's yeah. not play on. It's a hurry up. Didn't say the words play on, which confused the player for the Western Bulldogs. So she went over the mark and that gave away the 50-metre penalty. So Lynch moves the football on quickly. Her teammate gets well and truly crunched in the process. But don't mind, Millie Shont here to the rescue. <laughs> she gets uh, the handball out while Louise Bibby was trying to turn her over. Now the ball is held in a stalemate with Brooke Hards coming in to lay the tackle. And she wraps up Sally Lynch right in the centre of the ground. Umpire will throw it in the air quickly and will go again. Oh. Lovely tap and to advantage of Schneider. Her kick, though, is just swallowed up and taking an easy mark there, Simone Rudin. Rudin's going to spread it to the outer side. Here's Alan Buckley to run on and take the mark. Chance for... Another chance, I should say, for Darabin to try and get through the doggies' press. Couldn't quite... Take the mark there. That was Cowley Duparquet. The Bulldogs come forward again. Lister slides in and takes a nice mark. Now she can turn and go. She did have a relatively open forward 50. Darabin now getting numbers back. Not quite the intercept mark there. Lawson Tavern dogs a chance. Morrison, Schneider. Good smother by McNeese, but it fell to Marks, who skied one disappointingly for the Bulldogs side. Wide to the left and a sails helicopter out. Out on the full. So we'll wait for the ball to be brought back in. Umpire says you've got to come back behind the player on the mark, Victoria Blackwood, and go again. And this is what she does to find Alyssa Mifsud. So Mifsud has it in front of the pancake parlour sign. <laughs> no plugs here. <laughs> just I'm just saying what's in the background. But, you know, free breakfast wouldn't go astray. As the ball goes up the line, only to be intercepted by Brooke Hartz. We'll send it back from whence it came. 25 metres out from goal. Through the hands, Maddie Marks wants to get in there and scrap hard for it. Close to the boundary line. Miss it, received it from Blackwood. Over to Sean. Sean's oh, well kick, the ricocheted. And the ball went over the boundary line and out of bounds. I think getting in there might have been the 32. Maddie Lister who saw it over and out. We'll have a throw and run from the scoreboard, which in the exact spot where there used to be the old scoreboard here, and there used to be a canteen underneath it. And I tell you what, the vinegar they used to serve in the chips back then was industrial strength. <laughs> oh, gee. It ate through the bag. <laughs> Doggies inside 50. Peter Holden taking you uh, back into the day. You would have got the fish and chips in the uh, newspaper back in those days, wouldn't you, Pete? Oh, yes. <laughs> Eliza Vale fighting for it. Good tackle by Vale on the outer wing for the Bulldogs. Having a good season, Eliza Vale. She's averaging six marks a game more than any other player through the opening five weeks. Talk about Sally Lynch with the white scrunchie. Eliza Vale, you can pick her out with the red scrunchie. Right by the boundary line on the outer side and the umpire will go over and... I was going to say ball it up, but it actually went over the line and we'll have a boundary throw in between wing and left half forward. Second quarter dominated by the Bulldogs, just two behinds to show for it. Darabin still well out in front, 6-4-40. Wait for the ball to be thrown back into play. Looks like it's going to be Morrow versus Mifsud on this occasion. Mifsud brought it to ground. Good tackle laid on there coming from out of nowhere, Normington Dickens. And the umpire says, I'll come back in and call for a ball up near the half-forward flank for the Western Bulldogs. Again, Darabin yet to go inside their forward 50 
for this term, but they do lead by 38 points thanks to all the damage they piled on in the first term. And uh, may I say, there's not like there's a blowing gale out here or anything like that. Coming through with the football, Sandral went without it. Tackle laid on. And I think that's Callan and it's all wrapped up. The umpire will take the footy back between centre and centre half forward. They'll be much happier with this, won't they, the Doggies uh, coaches and Kirby Bentley in particular. Much better. As it's brought down by Morrow, but taken away by Celebri for the Darabin Falcons. The kick up the line, There's intercepted. Eliza Vale. And Vale will go for a run. Vale with a spring and a step. Now kicks it out towards the centre wing position. Oh, oh. Eyes, Had it and then yeah. spent it. Lister. Now in goes Callanan. Oh! oh. Almost like the old JBL clothesline from hell. <laughs> that is uh, <laughs> that is a player getting up, feeling worse for wear, courtesy of Nicole Callanan. Oh, look out. Oh. Mama sending out some tough love as Taylor Meyer oh, goes long. Oh, what a juggling grab. Mary Sandrell has the football. 55 metres out from goal. Goes towards the pocket. It's a difficult ball to balance. Maddie Marks is shuffled over the line by Gina Lawson Tavern. Maybe a bit lucky or unlucky there wasn't a free kick there. Mm. I thought maybe just giving a little nudge as she went over. Yeah, umpire calling for the throw-in. Oh, what a great mark, though, by Mary Central, vice-captain, yeah. of course. Double grab, pack mark. I'll be hoping that she can clunk a few. A little bit closer to goal and get the doggies on the board in the majors column. Miffs had just got rid of Morrow in the ruck. That's an ugly-looking ball straight up and down. Off hands, Lawson Tavern missed it. So did Sandrill. Millie Sean now for the Darabin side. Out it comes, but it'll be coming straight back. It's uh, Emma Collard taking the intercept mark for the Doggies towards full forward. That'll clear the pack. It'll run through for another minor score. For all the dominance, the Doggies. Three behinds. Still trailing Darabin 6-4-40. It's a 37-point ball game as we close in on half time. As the kick from full back is long and high in the air Clunk. and Mifsud will take it at the halfback flank right on the paint. Broadcast side of the ground. Alex to go with the kick was I think kind of looking for Simpson or Celebrity. Fell halfway between them both. Eliza Morrison goes in, gets the hand pass out. Now to Talia Meyer who kicks it round the corner. One bounce, two bounces. Does it go over? No! It just manages <laughs> to stay in for Simone Rudin. She goes play. to the opposite back pocket. And here Udo now has the football. Has a player screaming for it at the halfback flank. Elects to go with a shorter kick to find Victoria Blackwood. Blackwood with the footy. Now gets on the right boot going up the line. Oop, juggling mark wasn't taken there by the doggies. General Lawson Tavern got in there and got immediately wrapped up. The umpire blows the whistle and will call for a ball up. The amazing thing is when you look at the scoreboard for the doggies, if they kick straight and there were three straight 18, be 22 points the difference, you'd go, they've done the job, they've chipped yeah. back in. It just comes down to uh, scoreboard accuracy that they just haven't got that reward for effort. And the other thing is, is there's another free kick called out here for the dog, so they're going to go forward again. There's been a bit of disconnect going inside 50. They haven't mm. really looked like taking a mark. As there's a free kick that has come from the ruck contest. Jamie Lee Morrow, the former uh, volleyballer, kicked deep inside 50. Can Sandra get there and keep it from going out? She couldn't, but her teammate Lister did. Now Barker went past the footy. Hat kick out of there for the Falcons. Went straight to Alan Buckley. Kick clear. Oh, McKay, the fingertipper, not quite. Now the player goes. She's already kicked a goal in this first quarter. Emma McKay, of course, recruited from the Essendon VFLW team. And, of course, was with the Bulldogs in 2019. Played in the losing grand final to Collingwood. Feels like a long time ago now for the Bulldogs. Well, it was a long time ago, I suppose. We've had bugger all football between then and now. 
Ball in at half forward. There's Gogos in hard and tough for the Falcons. High kick into the middle. It's all red, white and blue, but they couldn't come away with a mark. It was uh, McSweeney who dropped it. And then in pure frustration, has backed up with a tackle. And a bit unlucky not to get a free kick for holding the ball, but we will get a ball up. About 75 out from the Doggies' goal. The trail by 37 points are into the final minute of the first half here at the Oval. Ball spills out into space. Who wants to go and get it is the question. Buckley was coming through. The umpire said she took out her opponent way too high. And Lucy Schneider will have the football. Schneider, forward of centre wing. Gets on the right boot. Puts into a dangerous position. 45 metres out from goal. Flying through the air with Sandra, who couldn't quite bring it in. Trying to get the hand pass out with Simone Rudin, but it was cut off. Free kick. Umpire says too high. Free kick. Doggies. And ending up with it. Looks like it'll be the 63. Here we don't have an list. Fantastic. <laughs> I think this might be Megan Getschke. I think she's actually yeah, in the 63, Pete. Okay, so we'll call it Getschke. She stutters with the kick oh, and falls short. Gogos goes in there. Solid bump from Lister. Umpire circling blows the whistle. And that will just about do it yeah. for the second quarter here at VU Wittenoble. The siren sounds with the ball deep in the doggies forward half. They had all the inside 50s. They just couldn't get the reward for effort. And the Darabin Falcons will take a dominating lead into halftime. 6-4-40. The Western Bulldogs three behind. They certainly turned the momentum around Brent Sternberg. Just unfortunately, like I guess Kirby was talking about in our pre-game show, just not getting the reward for effort. No, they're not. Obviously, dominating inside 50s in that quarter. Darabin, we don't recall them having won. Yeah, at least the Doggies up that end had a few late of their own in the first quarter, but dominating around the stoppages, the Doggies are well, on top now in the uh, overall disposal numbers. We might get those definitively in just a second, but I think uh, as the Doggies head into the sheds at halftime, I think Kirby Bentley will be a lot uh, a lot more pleased with how it unfolded in the uh, second quarter. The number one thing would have been get your hands on the footy and let's make sure that the margin at halftime is no worse than it is at quarter time. That might have been the message at quarter time from Kirby Bentley, and it certainly isn't. Still 37 points, but if the Doggies can just start to get that connection inside forward 50 and get some reward, well, you never know what might happen. Starting to reflect as well in the disposals because no one from the Darabin Falcons has hit double figures yet. Mm. Uh, all with nine touches, Gogos, Lynch and Mifsud. Should point out Lynch has got uh, 11 hitouts in that. Gogos has got six tackles. Rudin, eight touches and Celebrity with seven touches. For the Western Bulldogs, this is where we hit double digits. Lucy Schneider has got 16 disposals. Eliza Morrison has got uh, 14 disposals and three tackles. Maddie Marks with 10 disposals, two marks and four hit outs as well as a tackle. Seven touches each for Bays, Freeman, McSweeney and Meyer. So they're certainly getting plenty of the ball. They're just unfortunately not hitting the scoreboard. Possession count though surprisingly is 50-50 according to champion data. That's and the kick count at the moment. Darabin 82 to the Dogs 72. Dogs lead handballs 43 to 32. Marks pretty much even. Darabin 23. Bulldogs 22. Tackles. This is where the Falcons lead 32 to 26. Hitouts the Bulldogs favour 17 to 13. Inside 50s. Get this. Bulldogs 19. Darabin 12. 19 to 12 in a game where they're down by six goals. That is extraordinary. Rebound 50s 18 to 6 for Darabin's way. But yes. They are dominating 50% more inside 50s than the Darabin Falcons, but they trail by 37 points. You talk about the disposals being pretty close. You can have a look. The Bulldogs, 115. Darabin, 114. So we'll call that 50-50, Peter. 
<laughs> Absolutely, we will. <laughs> You're listening to WARFradio.com, your home of women's football, watching the stream on VFLW.tv and at the ground on 89.1 FM. We'll just give you a uh, score from what's happening at Casey Field. 16 minutes into the final term. Uh, Casey, 12-13-85. The Southern Saints, 1-2-8. Ouch. Um, Just in that one uh, for the Casey, Parry has kicked four goals, two to Macross and singles to Campbell, Fellows, Hogg, Lampard, O'Connor and Petrevsky. And for the Southern Saints, Flanagan, their sole goal kicker. And I'll just quickly go through some uh, player stats out of that game. Um, Grace Bucken got 21 touches for the Saints. Winnie Lang's got 19 touches. Tarrant, 20 touches for the Demons. West, 19 touches. Parry, 18 touches. Fellows, 17 touches. Gay, 17 touches. Lampard, they're stacked, the KC Demons, with AFLW players. I, I get that. I get they're, that. They're, they're stacked because they need the hit out, obviously, before um, their, their preliminary final at the MCG mm. next week. And we do mention coming up at 1pm today on VFLW.tv is at Deakin University, Geelong and Essendon. And just quickly, in terms of the goal kickers here at the Witten Oval, none added to the score in that second quarter. So it's still Katie McAloon with two. Naomi Salibri, Sabine Cowley, Duparquet, Angie Gogos and Emma McKay, all single goal kickers for Darabin. Bulldogs still waiting for that breakthrough goal scorer of their own. We might take this opportunity to take a break here on WARFradio.com, VFLW.TV and 89.1 FM at the ground. Darabin 6440, the Bulldogs three behind. Peter Holden and Brent Sternberg with you and we'll be back right after this. If you're after the most comprehensive coverage on women's football across Australia, then look no further than Rookie Me Central. Formerly Draft Central, Rookie Me Central has news and reviews, podcasts, videos, and much, much more on all the state leagues across the country, including the VFL Women's and NAB League Girls. Find out why everyone turns to Rookie Me Central for their women's football content. Follow Rookie Me Central on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Rookie Me Central. Secure transmission for your ears only. Good day. Today, more than 110,000 Australians live with a blood cancer. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to join the Leukaemia Foundation and a crack team of registered shavers from around the country to kick blood cancer's tush. We call it Mission Possible. Sign up to shave at worldsgreatestshave.com. This ad will now self-destruct. If you've had something stolen... Or if you've had property damaged, you need the police, not the sirens. If you've lost something or found something valuable. Or if you want to register a party or let us know you're going away on holiday, you need the police, not the sirens. When you need the police but not the sirens, you can now report these incidents online at police.vic.gov.au or call 131444. Authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne. You need to get a booster to stay up to date with your COVID-19 vaccinations. Boosters are now approved for everyone 16 years and older, three months after your second dose. Boosters increase your protection against becoming very sick or dying from COVID-19 and are available through your GP, pharmacist or other healthcare professional. Book your booster at australia.gov.au. Authorised by the Australian Government, Canberra. 
G'day, I'm Michael Caton. The Australian Conservation Foundation's Green Home Program is all about saving our environment. A low-flow shower head will save 10 litres. No showering at all will save 20. So when any of my active friends are a bit on the nose, I never judge them, but thank them for doing their bit to save water. For more information, go to www.acfonline.org.au slash greenhome and take action for our future generations. That's acfonline.org.au Hi, Kirk Pengilly from InXS here. And whether it's music, sweet things, puppies, movies, we all love our treats. But our eyes need treating too. 300,000 Australians, including me, are affected by glaucoma. Diagnosed early, glaucoma can be managed. Left undiagnosed, it can cause blindness. So treat yourself by treating your eyes to a simple test. Book your test at treatyoureyes.org.au today. Bored in retirement? Join Probus. If you want more out of retirement, join your local Probus Club and start having fun with like-minded people. Probus Clubs are non-fundraising and purely social, so all they do is concentrate on enjoying retirement. There are hundreds of Probus Clubs, with new ones opening almost every month. So find a Probus Club near you today by visiting probussouthpacific.org or calling 1300 630 488. Probus you the average person spends 44 minutes a day thinking about food. At Oz Harvest, thinking about food is a full-time job because we're always looking for new ways to nourish our country and combat food waste and hunger. Every day, we rescue quality surplus food across Australia and deliver it to those who'd otherwise go hungry. And you can help. Every dollar donated to Oz Harvest can provide two meals to people in need. Visit ozharvest.org. Thought for food. We'd like to show you what's dangerous about Australian rivers, but we can't. You can't see ice-cold water, snags like tree branches or strong currents, but they can be lethal. Although our rivers are beautiful, more Australians drown here than anywhere else. So please, wear a life jacket, avoid alcohol around water, never swim alone, and learn how to save a life. It's simple. Respect the river. For more information, visit royallifesaving.com.au forward slash respect the river. There's jumpers, hoodies and tees for you at leaguetees.com.au Leaguetees.com.au is your place for retro footy gear with designs created by local artists that you won't find anywhere else. Plus the unique range of women's footy tees help raise funds for Indigenous literacy programs. Get online and start shopping today. Leaguetees.com.au Oh, hi, I'm Maria from Sesame Street. And Elma's Elma. And we're here to talk about driveways. Driveways can be dangerous for children. Or little red monsters. So it's important for parents to always watch their children around them. Yeah, driveways are for cars, not for playing. That's right, Elmo. Play only in safe places away from driveways because people in cars may not see you. Uh, Elmo sees you, Maria. Tag, you're in. Oh, here I come, <laughs> Elmo. Remember, driveways are like roads. Always supervise, separate, and see. Learn more at kidsafevic.com.au. We are the Australian Literacy and Numeracy Foundation, striving to empower our most marginalised communities through literacy and education. Literacy is having a voice. Literacy is opportunity. Literacy is dreaming big. Literacy is freedom. Today, you can help end inequality and give every child access to our life-changing and proven literacy programs. Your support is vital. Donate now at ALNF.org. 
<sighs> Feeling a little down? <sighs> Drop into the Reach Out website at reachout.com.au and let us put a spring back in your step. <sighs> when times are tough, clear your head at reachout.com.au. The commentary of the game you're currently listening to is from the volunteers at Women's Australian Rules Football Radio. Founded in 2014, WARF Radio is not just here to provide a professional call the women's game deserves, but also provide important experience for those wanting a career in sports media. If you're a past or present women's footballer or coach or a media student and you'd like to give football commentary a try, visit WARF Radio and click on volunteer. That's WARFradio.com and click on volunteer. It's women's Aussie rules, they're doing what they love. They're fast, they're tough, don't mess with them because they can get rough. Are you ready for the challenge? Are you ready for the match? It's the call of the game. It's the VFL Women's Match of the On WARFradio.com, as we call it, Wharf Radio and VFLW.tv, as well at the ground, delay free on 89.1 FM. This is the VFL Women's Match of the Day. Peter Holden, Brent Sternberg with you, and it is the Darabin Falcons 6-4-40 leading the Western Bulldogs three behinds. But don't let the score fool you. It wasn't all one-way traffic for the Darabin Falcons. Uh, all the inside 50s in that second term for the Western Bulldogs, but they just could not make the most of it, and they still uh, trail there by 37 points. Uh, Brent Sturberg, we should uh, quickly plug coming up on uh, VFLW.tv afterwards. Uh, unfortunately, without commentary, due to uh, no media facilities at the ground it's being broadcast from, which is Deakin University, so it'll be just a camera only, plus graphics. But people can sit back and watch uh, Geelong and Essendon at 1 o'clock on this same uh, page, VFLW.tv. What promises to be a very interesting game? Yeah, well, of course, a rematch of the preliminary final last year that they played at uh, Windy Hill where the Bombers were really good for a half and then uh, Geelong ran away with it in the second half. I was going to say it's a good test for Essendon. It's probably the other way. It's a good test for Geelong. Geelong. Yeah, they They've haven't, dropped a couple uh, games. They have, and at home as well, which we haven't seen uh, too much early on. And that does affect as well that particular game coming up in a little while uh, this game as well. Obviously, if the Bombers can uh, take care of business and win and Darabin go on with it like we expect them to do in the second half here, barring our frantic yeah. comeback from the Doggies, Darabin tonight will sit fourth on the ladder. So if they win anyway, Darabin, regardless of what happens in Geelong, they'll be entrenched well and truly uh, in the top six. There will actually be a gap between themselves uh, and I think there'll be yeah a good sort of four or two premiership point gap between them and Collingwood. Um, so that game between actually Casey and the Southern Saints has just finished. So the Southern Saints are currently uh, in sixth. So Darabin, even only being at halftime here, they've actually moved up a spot. They're into fifth yeah. with the Saints uh, losing. So the Saints are on 14 premiership points. Collingwood, the first team out, 12. Darabin are on 12 as well, but we expect they're about to go to 16. So they will um, actually leapfrog Geelong into fourth spot on the ladder if the Bombers can go down the highway this afternoon and knock off the Cats. And if you do watch that game, uh, obviously keep an eye out for number five for Essendon. That is the reigning uh, league best and fairest. But the first uh, signing for Essendon for the AFLW, that being Georgia Nanscorn. She'll be uh, running around. She's been out for a few weeks. Yes, yes. She is back in for that game listed to play against Geelong. And 
the good news is it's also available on demand replay. So obviously, if you choose that you don't want to watch that game because you want to watch Brisbane Lions and Collingwood in an AFLW qualifying final, which is on at the same time on Channel 7, don't worry, you can go back at any time tonight or later in the week to vflw.tv and watch back the replay of that game or any of the games in the VFLW Round 6. Collingwood managed to find enough players for that game, did they? Yeah, funny enough you say that. One of the illicit emergencies that's travelled with them is their Collingwood VFLW captain, Caitlin Bunker, has travelled with the side. Yes, run, runner-up in the Lambert Pierce medal last year. That's a, that's an interesting one. And talking about travelling with the side, uh, the Bulldogs AFLW assistant coach, one, uh, the one and only Melissa Hickey, she is going to be on special comments today for Channel 7. She's fantastic, Mel Hickey. She's done that a little bit, hasn't she? She's great. Everyone loves getting around Mel Hickey. She's, she, she did it uh, in uh, up there in Queensland with Channel 7 for the first grand final alongside Katie Brennan when they did special comments for the uh, game between Adelaide and Brisbane. Of course, the Crows winning the first ever premiership. So she's uh, used to working the commentary box up there uh, in Queensland. So uh, we look forward to hearing Mel Hickey's comments of that game between Brisbane and uh, Collingwood. 1 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time, that qualifying final. The winner of that, of course, as we know now, has a date next week with Melbourne at the MCG. That's going to be great, isn't it? It's going to be a great occasion. I hope that uh, lots of people roll up. No doubt the Demons fans will. We know they love getting to the G. Um, and I think it's the first ever AFLW game played at the uh, G. For, for uh, what you could call points slash finals, yep, yep. Um, there has been exhibition games, yep. but this is the first, like, I guess you, not to say the word legit, as, in, as not to say exhibition games weren't legit, but as in you are playing for the Premiership. This is, of course, is to get through to week two, week, sorry, to get through to the grand final. Yep, yep. No, it'll be great. Obviously, the Demons at the MCG is a sight to behold with that football club up and running. Casey, uh, their VFLW reserve team, we know just won uh, earlier today, and their men's are going at it today as well. So they're just winning everything. The Demons, save some for the rest. Things are going well, I fear, for the ski resorts. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Oh, dear. Uh, they may not be doing a good trade this year, but the wine and cheese platters might be... Uh, oh, yeah, going uh, gangbusters. <laughs> gangbusters at the yeah. MCG, especially since they got rid of the Red Rooster. Uh, as we're just about ready to get underway here for the third term at VU Whitnoble. Peter Holden, Brent Sternberg with you in commentary on wharfradio.com. That's wafradio.com and vflw.tv and 89.1 FM at the ground delay free 37 point lead to the Falcons here's Brent Sternberg and they've got some inroads to make the doggies fantastic second quarter but no goals to show for it just three behinds all the action has been to the right of screen or to the right of your dial depending on how you're uh, listening or watching to this game we're underway for quarter number three. Lynch and Morrow in the ruck. That's been a great battle. Morrow, a handball to the captain, Chris Gurgle, who's been put on ball. Handball to McSweeney, who come off the back of the square to get that one. And she's wrapped up by her direct opponent, Jenna Lawson Tavern. It'll be interesting to watch this third quarter and see where the play unfolds because it has been really one-way traffic down to that right-hand side of the uh, the oval. What did you call that earlier today? The something end, Peter? The, the, where the scoreboard is, that's the Geelong Road End. Geelong Road End, righty-o. I come this morning from Ballarat, so almost Geelong. Oh, boy. Early riser. I'm not an early riser, Peter, in case you could tell. Here we go. The dogs moving it towards the back of the square. That's well done by Naomi Salibri. And the umpire said, no, it was not well done. You held on to Riley Chris Gurgle, who will take the kick 
at centre-half back. It is interesting to note that the Bulldogs, obviously the home team, but wearing their white shorts today, whereas Darabin are in the, the home kit. It's a nice kick to the outer side from Chris Gurgle, but Sandral had a couple to beat, not really favoured by the bounce either. We'll get the handball back from the teammate and then dropped it. A chance now for Schneider, who was dominant in that first half. Handball coughed up to Gogos or Vale, pushed flat in the back. A no-free kick. Umpire said play on. Here come the Falcons. Handball to Cowley Duparquet, who's run around a couple of Bulldogs. Handball looking back for the captain, Simpson, and now the doggies have arrived, and they'll jump on Steph Simpson, and we'll get a ball up 35 out from the Darabin goal. So the umpire asks for the football back, receives it, and gets ready to throw it up, and that's what he does immediately. Musid wins out on that occasion. Taken away by Lucy Schneider. Kicks it towards the halfback flank position. Tackle laid on Talia Meyer, had to cop it up. Close against the boundary line as the ball will trickle over and out now, being watched as it goes over by Jamie Lee Morrow and will call for the ball back into play. So we're about 40 metres out from the Darabin goal. All the scoring for this game has been to the right of screen, Geelong Road end. As we wait for the ball to come back into play, Morrow versus Mifsud. Mifsud took immediately out of the ruck. Went for the quick hand pass as she was trying to find Gogos. Missed her. Ball ping-ponging around on the ground. Mifsud got it back to Gogos once more. Gogos put into the ground. And the umpire says, holding the football, you took the play on. And that will be a free kick going the way of Maddie Marks. Maddie Marks in the back pocket. Looks fantastic on debut, this young lady. Indeed. And uh, her kick, though, commentator's curse, very close <laughs> towards the boundary line. But doesn't matter. Saving the day is Megan Getchke, who goes up the line. Finding Mary Sandrell. Sandrell goes with a kick, just bounces past Madison Lister. Darabin do have numbers back there, though. And one step and a long kick by McKay. He'll go long towards the half-forward flank position. Umpire comes in, says holding infringement. Free kick. And pass given off quickly. A long kick by Kelly Dubacay inside 50. Awkward bouncing ball. Trying to get back there and hurried out the hand pass. Originally was courtesy of Collard. Towards the opposite back pocket for the Doggies. They're oh, under done. pressure as Callanan is there with Morrison. Morrison goes in to pick it up. Once again, Ooh. Collard. Is she gone? No, said the umpire. Got rid of it. And now surely there'll be a stalemate and a ball up. Just near the edge of the goal square. Darabin attacking to right of screen. She was lucky there. That looked like an illegal disposal. Darabin didn't have it inside 50 in the second quarter, but they're threatening early here. Number three, Gogos kicked one. Gogos, has she kicked two? No, it was touched. On the way through, that was Melanie Freeman back there saving the day for the Bulldogs. So another behind for Darabin. 6-5. No, they were 6-5, weren't they? Now 6-5. 6-5, 41. Leading... The Bulldogs, three behinds. Oh, and they've turned it over from the kick-in. And McAloon from the tight angle. Not quite. Boy, they're playing with fire. Back there, the Bulldogs bring it in. Another behind. 6-6, 42. Bulldogs, three behinds. Good start for Darabin, though. They went to sleep in that second quarter, but it's been all the Falcons in quarter number three. Here on WARFradio.com. 89.1 FM at the ground and VFLW.TV. The long kick out from full back. Trying to stand tall in front position there, Melanie Freeman. And the umpire judges it the other way. Oh. Well, that's interesting. Giving it to Nicole Callanan instead. Callanan points to says, I'm going long. 
And she decides to go with the wind-up. Gets very close to the player on the mark from outside 50. It's a sky-high ball. The umpire says too high in this contest. Mifsud. And Alyssa Mifsud will be lining up for goal from about 10 metres out. 45 degree angle. Shouldn't have a problem with this. Just got a bit handsy. I think the dog's defenders. That's what happens, Peter, with those long balls in. As Panic. We wait for Alyssa Mifsud to come in. Shouldn't have a problem with this one. Pops it straight over the goal umpire's hat. Alyssa Mifsud has her first of the day. And the, and the Falcons go out to 7-6-48. The Bulldogs just three behinds. Five and a half minutes gone here in the third term of V Whitnoble. Second goal of the season for Alyssa Mifsud. She kicked one goal, one in that great win over the Blues a couple of weeks ago in round five at Icon Park. That's now 33 VFLW goals in her 50 Ninth game, Alyssa Mifsud, who joined Darabin from the VU Western Spurs a couple of seasons ago. She won a premiership there at the Spurs in 2019. On the list for a couple of years with Melbourne, Melbourne's AFLW team. Ten goals in nine games. Before she stepped away to pursue other interests, and now she's back here playing for the Falcons and kicking a goal. And playing a very important role for Darabin as well as they head towards an unlikely... Finals berth potentially this season as it's back into the middle and the umpires penalise the doggies. Talia Meyer for holding the ball. Here's Angie Gogos. Nine disposals in that first half. Had a bit of it in quarter number three as well. Kick out wide from the back. Callanan knocked it clear. Ball at half forward here. That's a gun over it for Darabin. Sliding in was Schneider. And now it's underneath Eliza Morrison. The umpire will come and ball it up just outside 50. They stretch the lead, Darabin out to 45 points. 7-6-48, Darabin lead the Bulldogs three behinds. As Cullinan goes in, they try to rip it out of the arms of Riley Chris Gurgle. Now in the hands of Angelica Gogos. Gogos pumps it long towards the top of the goal square. Here's an opportunity. Oh, what on earth? I think it was Evan McKay yeah. who said, I'm going to kick a goal and then immediately kicked it to the right. It was great crumbing as well, front and centre. She did everything oh. and then somehow she missed. 7-7-49, Darabin three behinds for the Western Bulldogs. Might have a second opportunity here. From the pocket, Oof. again to the right-hand side. 7-8-50, the Darabin Falcons. The Western Bulldogs three behinds. Yeah, she just didn't get to straighten up. Uh, in that last shot, Emma McKay. I think it was Eliza Vale who was chasing her. Here come the Bulldogs again. That's probably the best kick out we've seen today from Vale. I should correct myself. 35 there. That is Katie McAloon. This is Mel Freeman who's going to come back to Vale. Not going to find Vale. To no avail, Peter. Simpson intercepts, squaring it up. McKay flew in, couldn't get it. Doggies batting down the hatches back there. They're under all sorts. Mifsud, oh, might have caught the dogs. Play a high play on, said the umpire. Gogos in there, Buckley too. There is a free kick for holding the ball amongst all of that, said the ump. Going Darabin's way. Oh, man. They didn't look like they were going to get out, did they, the doggies? They were all over them, the Falcons. They were swarming. It's going to come back, a free kick to Angie Gogos, who has kicked one directly in front, about 30 metres out. What do you reckon the journey here, Pete? She got it? No. no? Oh. <laughs> yes, good call, just as she passes it. <laughs> Here's Alyssa Mifsud. What about Alyssa Mifsud, Peter? Well, that's the fortuitous thing of just waiting uh, <laughs> yeah. half a second. Um, now, Alyssa Mifsud does have the leg on her. I've seen a kick from about 50 metres out when playing at Henry Turner Memorial Reserve just down the road, so... 
Th this is within her range. So well, this is the Mifsud for two goals in a row. Eight, obviously, in a row from the Falcons. Geelong Road end of the ground, right in front. That's going to float its way to the line, and it's come up about a half yard short. And off the hands of the Doggies defenders, 7-9-51 Darabin now, leading the Bulldogs three behinds. 48-point ball game. As, oh, it's just the dodgiest of hand passes coming out of the back line. Vale with another one over the top. This time managing to find Freeman. This is better. Now back to Vale, who goes long and high. And, oh, intercepted by General Lawson Tavern. And she'll take the resulting mark. And the umpire says, just get back behind the player on the mark, thank you. And Tully Myers, the player on the mark. <laughs> Lawson Tavern gets the hurry up now. On the left boot, one-step kick. The ball oh, will just go inside 50, oof. waiting back there. And taking the mark is the number 59, McSweeney. McSweeney goes with a kick towards centre-half back. Had to be good with the kick and was on that occasion. Managing to spot up uh, Coghill, who now worked wide for the Bulldogs. They just try to put it to the advantage now of Lister. The ball just bounced away from her. Has to try and turn back on a sixpence. Or it's a rash without the football, I felt. Umpire said it's fair in his book. He'll come in and call for a ball up. Wrapping her up was Cully McNeese. And we'll restart the play between centre wing and the half-forward flank. And it's the Bulldogs attacking to left of screen, where there hasn't been a score so far this game. I well, know they've only got it to half-forward of the Dogs, but that was their best transition play out of the back 50 all day. Now can they win it from the clearance? It looked like they might, but in there for the Falcons' side. I think that might be a Normington Dickens applying a tackle. Umpire comes over to ball it up. It was Lawson Tavern in there as well for Darabin. Like I said earlier, only one of uh, one of only two players to play in every game. Finished runner-up in their best and fairest last year, did Gina Lawson Tavern. Best and fairest that, of course, Nicole Callanan won. I think she only played in seven games, so fair effort. Nicole Callanan played in only half the games and win the club best and fairest. She's that good. She is that good. She's been terrific today as well. Bit of a stalemate here on the outer wing, although potentially, oh, great bump. In there, Normington Dickens got rid of Morrison. Hurry kick forward for the Falcons. Going back, Kelly Duparquet couldn't get it. Neither could Vale. And if she couldn't mark it, you know it was a tough one. Ball on the deck, flicked out of there by Freeman. Here comes Cog Hill, but Manaya Hooter is on the bottom of all of that. She's managed to get it free. Look at the girl scrap for this one on the Doug Hawkins wing. Normington Dickens in there again to apply a tackle. And the umpire will come over and ball it up once more. Smack bang, centre wing on the outer side. Umpire clears the way. And throws it up on the Dark Hawkins wing. Lawson Tavern gave it off to a teammate. Immediately got wrapped up by Jamie Lee Morrow. And will come back in again and call for another ball up. Player caught with it on that occasion was 16 and Alan Buckley. Umpire throws the football up in the air. Once again one out by Morrow. This time taken away by Lawson Tavern. Goes towards the half forward flank position. Awkward bouncing football. Maddie Marks was there. Allowed her teammate to end up getting it. Couple of handballs there. End up with Louise Bibby. Oh. Wanted to come in board with the pass. Wasn't all that flash. Morrison to Vale. Now get it across to Talia Meyer, who goes towards the half-board flank position. Whoops, like a piece of soap went through the hands there. And I think McNeese might be out the back, and she's immediately wrapped up on that occasion. Laying the tackle is Amber Westcombe. And we'll call for a ball up. 55 metres out from the Doggies' goal. Going to the Barkley Street end of the ground. One on that occasion by the Doggies, got it to Morrison. Morrison gave it across to McSweeney, looking for a mark inside 50. Oh, they no. can't find one. Taken back there for the Darabin Falcons. I think it's Paige Kearney who's got it now. Swings it in board. Oop, at it and dropped it. 
Doesn't matter, Morrison's back there. Hand pass, was trying to find to the advantage of Louise Bibby. Now kick. the kick is Lovely. good to Matty Marks. Takes it centre wing with composure. Marks went right, thinking about left. Umpire says you've got to hurry it up. Now off one step, goes long towards the half forward flank position. Came off hands, hurry little kick around the corner by Callanan. Out towards centre wing, Matty oh. Marks again, went through Cali Dupake on oh, that man. occasion. Eliza Vale doesn't get one on the back according to the umpire. Play it on. Coming in from the side there was Normington Dickens. Trying to get a hand in there was Alan Buckley. She's wrapped up. Chances of her getting it out, Buckley's a nun. <laughs> and we'll call for a ball up. I was going to say Alan Buckley joined Darabin three seasons ago from... Pasco Vale in the Northern Football League women's. Home of the Panthers. Yeah, that's not a football club I see often in my notes. That's more an MPL soccer team, Pasco Vale. Here's a free kick going, the dogs. So some things just starting to go their way, the doggies, but still they are in search of their first goal of the day. The free kick, Matty Lister. And this kick you'd think will just go long and direct and the Bulldogs are inside 50 for the first time in quarter number three. Sandra didn't take the mark, but upended Victoria Blackwood. Falcons have the numbers. There's McKay off to Huda and Lawson Tavern to the outer wing. Kelly Duparquet dropped the mark, but the second effort was fantastic. Now can she get rid of it? She's been caught. Yes, a handball to Callanan. Here come the Falcons. And inside 50 it goes and open inside 50. And getting there first will be Kim Bays, and she'll have some support as well. Handball there to Collard. Now to Barker. Barker to the outer wing. Difficult one for Coghill, but she's got the handball to her teammate, and the Doggies who have lifted in this third quarter. Bouncing ball. Couldn't quite take it cleanly there. I think that might have been Meyer. Now through comes Schneider. Just dragged off the kick, and that affected it. Out on the full it goes. Free kick. Darabin center wing out of side. Still, it's the Falcons. 7-9-51, who lead the Bulldogs three behinds. We've gone 15 minutes in the third quarter here at the Witten Oval. Here on WARFradio.com, 89.1 FM at the ground, delay free. And on VFLW.TV. And don't forget, coming up on VFLW.TV at 1pm, you can watch Geelong and Essendon from Deakin University. Ooh, Nicole Callanan coming from the ground for Darabin, and she's cooked. Carney now kicks it up the line. Now cross over the head of Mifsud, waiting at the back with a hand pass over the top is Mick Sweeney. Nice little chain of handballs. Try to get a kick away while being pulled down to the ground was Cog Hill. Turnover, Darabin ball. And this time through Hooter, they'll go up the ground looking for Lawson Tavern. She's got three Bulldogs to beat, tries to bounce off one, Vale's another, she bounces off her. Lawson Tavern's done well, couldn't get the hand pass out. Might have been a cheeky throw, intercepted by Vale. Hand pass over the top by Cali Duparquet who intercepted. Oh, well They've done well to keep it alive here. Mifsud goes for a little bump, goes to ground, maybe to see if she could try and milk it in the back. Umpire says, I'm not buying that. And we'll call for a ball up. Four minutes remaining in the third term. 51 plays three, Falcons way. And Nicole Callanan come from the far wing to the near wing to the bench, and she could barely get to the boundary line to the bench. She almost had to crawl there. She was that gassed. Bulldogs are going to win it from the clearance through Vale. And we're just over the head of Lister. And giving away a free kick there is Simone Rudin. Well, no, she's got a free kick for a block. Well, OK, she was the one that went early. And she actually got Maddie Lister high, and she's rubbing her noggin. Rudin skies that one to the 450 for the Dogs. They had three players run past it. McSweeney. Handball there. Collard, and now a little kick from uh, Schneider. She kicked that to the runner, I reckon. Now here comes... Uh, Number 63, who is Steph Perrett, a late in for the Doggies. Hards, 
Mucking around with it on half back and then couldn't kick it through the traffic. Handball clear, it'll work. Perrett, again, they're just getting a hand in the Falcons. That was Blackwood. Salibri kicked back towards half forward. Strong tackle. Katie McAloon rewarded for holding the ball. Great stuff, Darabin. Katie McAloon, who kicked two goals in that first quarter. Of course, we've only had one since then in this quarter to Alyssa Mifsit. McAloon has all sorts of numbers. She's got Naomi Salibri 40 out. Salibri punches one to the goal square. Mifsit rips it in and knocks it through. And that's pretty easy for the Falcons. Goal number eight. They've had to work for that one. They've got it. 8-9-57, Darabin lead the Bulldogs three behinds as we close in on three-quarter time. It's the Falcons by 54 points. Here on WARFradio.com, at the ground on 89.1 FM and VFLW.TV. 57-3 the lead, and the Falcons continuing the tradition of no score to the left-hand side. All the scores happening to the right. We'll go through those player stats. Inside 50s, rebound 50s, hitouts, etc., for you at the three-quarter time break, which we're about two minutes away from. Umpire just making sure everyone's in position for the 5-6-5 rule. We throw the ball up in the air again. One out by Mora on that occasion. Intercepted, though, by Cullinan for the Falcons. Long, almost into the hands of Mifsud. Oh, went without the football on that occasion was Freeman. Has to go back in again. Hurry little kick around the corner for the Falcons as a way to the left-hand side. And will register as a minor score. Yeah, Emma McKay, I think that was again, who's already kicked a very similar goal just like that earlier on. 8-10-58 to three behind. So it's 55 points the difference. And oh, untidy. Oh, they were looking on that occasion for the 45 in Emma Collard. But the ball got away from her and went over the boundary line and out of bounds. We'll call for a throw-in. So that's the rule that has apparently been changed. Unless he said it was touched, I think, by Collard. Was it touched? Oh, I think it might have been touched, but still, no. With the kick-in rule now, they have yep. got rid of it if it goes out of bounds within 50. Darabin into attack again. Trying to take it out of the ruck there. Was uh, Lynch. I should say I found out the hard way about that <laughs> after uh, saying, controversial circumstances, this and Southern Saints. I found out, oops, I was wrong. The rule changed three years ago. And it even threw the player as well. <laughs> Kelly Duparquet, it was in the ruck for Darabin. Federica Frederick. Fredri- Fredri- Federica Frew, try and get that out correctly, of Essendon wanted the free kick, and the umpire says, yeah, it would have been a free kick three years ago. <laughs> Not now. She goes, ah. Oh. oh, dear. Here we are at half forward. Darabin, 55 points up on the dogs. Hat kick out of there. Schneider, disposal number 53 that was. Here's Chris Gurgle outside of the boot, standing in the hole, Rudin, couldn't take the mark, had time to back up and give it to Blackwood, who hurries a kick down the line. Well done there by Morrow to stand her ground, but couldn't hold on. Here's Gogos trying to split two Bulldogs. Caught. And the ball was actually stolen by Gemma Lee Morrow, and the umpire blew the whistle already and said holding the ball. She's been caught a couple of times, Angie Gogos, but I don't think Darabin will care. Most of what they do through the middle runs through the diminutive little Angie Gogos, who's been really good today. And so have the Falcons. Eight goals, 10, 58. They lead the Bulldogs three behinds, and in that quarter, Darabin, they kick two goals, six. So inaccurate again, but like we say, Peter, all the scoring to the right-hand side of screen, and the Bulldogs kick that way in the final turn. 
Well, let's see what damage they can do on the return, the Western Bulldogs. I can tell you about the damage done so far when it comes to player stats. Let's first of all go through for the Darabin Falcons. 14 touches for Angelica Gogos, eight tackles so far. Uh, Alyssa Mifsud with 13 touches, four marks, one tackle, three hitouts. Nicole Cullinan with just the 12 disposals. Sally Lynch with the 10 disposals and 16 hitouts. And McKay, 10 touches. Simone Rudin with 10 touches as well. For the Western Bulldogs, it's literally Schneider with 23 disposals at hand, five marks. Eliza Vale with 18 touches, three tackles. Uh, Eliza Morrison, 17 disposals and three tackles. McSweeney with 16 disposals. Maddie Marks with 13 disposals. And Melanie Freeman with 11 disposals as well. If we break it down when it comes to the teams itself, possession count, Bulldogs way, 55-45. Kicks 115 to 103 Darabin's way. Handballs get this 81 to 49 Bulldogs way. They handball a lot. Marks 31 27 Darabin's way. Tackles Darabin's way 47 to 39. Hitouts Bulldogs ways 24 to 21. Inside 50s Bulldogs favour still 21 to 19. Rebound 50s Darabin 20 11 for the Bulldogs. It is a close number, isn't it? The inside 50s 21 to 19. I think that that's. Uh it, it, it was lopsided at quarter time, and then it was still a bit lopsided at half time, and then it's been evened up. It's been really strange because most of the attacking has gone to that end. So it's probably a, a number that I reckon the, the Bulldogs are now kicking to that end in the last quarter. They'll probably end up on top in that one particular stat. But in terms of the disposals, when you handball a lot, you generally accumulate a, a lot of disposals. The Bulldogs plus 20, so 184 to 164, but a lot of it has been handballs in tight that uh, mm. the Falcons have swarmed and swarmed and swarmed and eventually turned it over. So even though they've had more of the football, Darabin have had a, bit le a little bit less, not too much, but they've been a lot better going forward, of course. What are the goal kickers looking at at uh, three-quarter time before we go to our quick little break here? Yes, yeah, so Katie McAloon still with two. Alyssa Mifsud with both of those goals in that third quarter for Darabin. The rest are all singles. Naomi Salibri, Sabine Kelly, Duparquet, Angie Gogos and Emma McKay. So one, two, three, four, five, six goal kickers for Darabin. Bulldogs still awaiting their first. 8-10-58, Darabin, the Western Bulldogs, three behinds. We'll be back right after this. The commentary of the game you're currently listening to is from the volunteers at Women's Australian Rules Football Radio. Founded in 2014, WARF Radio is not just here to provide a professional call the women's game deserves, but also provide important experience for those wanting a career in sports media. If you're a past or present women's footballer or coach or a media student and you'd like to give football commentary a try, visit WARFradio.com and click on volunteer. That's WARFradio.com and click on volunteer. No matter what your age, most of us play sport when we were young and there was always one thing that made you want to disappear into the corner or even give up your chosen sport. And that was when somebody on the sideline hurled abuse at either you or a teammate or an official. These are things that make sports so painful for so many kids and the time has come to stop it. I'm Usman Kawaja from the Australian Cricket Team. My message is a simple one. Let kids be kids. Let them enjoy their sport. Find out more at playbytherules.net.au. You need to get a booster to stay up to date with your COVID-19 vaccinations. Boosters are now approved for everyone 16 years and older, three months after your second dose. Boosters increase your protection against becoming very sick or dying from COVID-19 and are available through your GP, pharmacist or other healthcare professional. 
Book your booster at australia.gov.au. Authorised by the Australian Government, Canberra. Secure transmission for your ears only. <clears throat> Good day. Today, more than 110,000 Australians live with a blood cancer. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to join the Leukaemia Foundation and a crack team of registered shavers from around the country to kick blood cancer's tush. We call it Mission Possible. Sign up to shave at worldsgreatestshave.com. This ad will now self-destruct. On WARF Radio.com at the ground, delay free on 89.1 FM and on VFLW.tv. It's our VFL women's match of the day. And the Darabin Falcons, 8 10 58 lead, uh, the Bulldogs, three behind. And if you go, is that the match of the day? Well, just quietly, the score is actually tighter than what was between Casey and the Southern <laughs> Saints earlier today. We thought that one was going to be tight. Coming up, though, on VFLW.tv at 1 o'clock, you've got Geelong and Essendon, which should be a cracker at Deakin University. We're almost ready to get underway here for the final quarter. Here's your caller in Brent Sternberg. One thing that will be interesting to watch in this final quarter is how do the girls out there run this one out? It's been a very warm day here today in the western suburbs of Melbourne at the first bounce. I think it was 23 degrees, Peter. It's now climbed to 25. No doubt when we get to the end of this one, it'll be if a little it, bit warmer again. If it gets any warmer, I'm expecting to hear the Mr Whippy Van in the background. <laughs> Disappointed he's not here, actually. I could have gone for some early morning ice cream. Straight out of the middle they come, Darabin. Well, here we go. We've got some action to the left of screen. In front there, Hibbert couldn't take the mark on the deck. Simpson with a clean pickup and a great handball to Callanan. Bouncing ball to fall forward. Darabin on the march. Or oh, Freeman got a rotten bounce. And now it's come to Cowley Duparquet, who couldn't finish it. Boy, and I reckon all four quarters have started with one of the two teams, a fast break out of the middle, and then kicking a behind. Cowley Duparquet just offline, 8 11 59. Darabin, the Bulldogs three behinds. The Dogs are going to bring it to the broadcast side. And trying to juggle the mark, but went without the footballers. Coghill almost cops one in the back as she goes to ground. Millie Sean watching on. Umpire plays the whistle. And we should say that score by Darabin was the first score to the left hand side, Barkley yeah. Street end, this game. And, and we're saying that, and it's not a howling breeze to one end of the ground here. It's actually fairly calm conditions. Now, folks that are watching on VFLW TV might not be able to see that on the uh, stream. There's, there's almost no wind at all. As we wait for the ball to come back and the players that went over the boundary line and out of bounds at 55 metres out from the Darabin goal, almost in front of the old Witten stand. Which is unique, because this ground you can get some pretty ordinary conditions particularly through the winter parts of the season. <laughs> oh, yeah, it used to be an old mud heat, this ground. <laughs> As jumping in there and on top of the ball is Coghill. And that was due to natural weather, not leaving the sprinklers on like they did at Moorabbin yeah. back in the day. As the ball is thrown up in the MRO versus Lynch, Lynch wins it down to the throat of Gogos. Gogos with a hurry kick dropped there by, uh, looks like Lynch. Pardon me, it wasn't Lynch, uh, rather. Hibbert in there, I think, is it? Yeah, it was yeah. Hibbert that had momentarily, and... Umpire said she's all wrapped up. We'll take the football back. She had the pressure coming on her from Collard. Uh, pardon me, not Collard. Uh, that one wearing the 49 Bibby. Now taken away there by Eliza Morrison. Morrison goes out towards the centre wing position, but the numbers are back there with the Darabin Falcons. And oh. Gina Lawson Tavern oh. will turn around and find Celebrity beautifully. Just hit her right in the bread basket. 60 metres out from goal. Naomi Celebrity gets on the right boot, decides to pump it long. Looking in the Mifsud direction, holding yeah. is the call. She's really worried them, Alyssa Mifsud, being put forward. Sally Lynch dominating in the ruck. They've put Mifsud forward. 
That's the second time that she's going to have a look at goal by way of a free kick, just getting handsy. Yeah. Freeman giving away that free kick to Alyssa Mipsard, who will have a shot on goal from about 37 metres out, 45-degree angle, going to the Barclay Street end. In she creeps. Alyssa Mipsard gives it a ride. It's just going to fall short. Oh! It was a fingertipper by Eliza Vale. Uh, it's a minor score. 8 12 60, the Darabin Falcons. Three behinds the Western Bulldogs. We've gone three minutes in the final term here on WARFradio.com and VFLW.tv. Oh, Vale's kick in is just lovely to Talia Meyer. Well, you saw the fear on her face from up here, Eliza Vale, when she looked at the goal umpire and said, Please tell me you saw my finger hit that ball. Oh, here's a little. Uh, Fumble there from Talia Meyer. Callanan goes in hard and then won the football. And a great kick, Nicole Callanan, but through the hands of Steph Simpson. That deserved a mark. Bulldogs to come away through hards. That's a pretty good delivery. That bounced off the fingertips. That might have been Bibby who toe-poked it on. Ball on the broadcast wing. It was actually Rocket Westcombe in there who kicked it off the ground. And now it's a free kick going the way of Darabin. It's going to be taken by Ashley Gunn. Haven't called her name too much today, although she plays in the back line for Darabin and they're leading by nearly 10 goals, so that probably all makes sense. Chip down the line, Paige Carney, and now here's Nicole Callanan, who will be coming up for disposal number 15. And uh, actually, disposal number 15 might be a shot for goal because it's going to be a 50-metre penalty. Is that encroachment, Peter? Indeed. Remember, you've got the stand rule now yeah. in place. So Nicole Callanan... It's going to take her, well, the player on the mark, which is Brooke Hards, will stand 30 metres out to the left of screen, Barkley Street, end of the goal. Nicole points to the big sticks and says, I'm going to put it straight through those two. 30 out, just away to the left. Nicole Callanan sends it on its way. She's kept it flat to the goal square, still in. Give it a chance, let it go. Here's Mifsud. Can she kick a Rovers goal? She screwed it back over the shoulder to the goal square. Coming in late there was Huda. Off the ground, brilliant. Hit it on the half volley. Sabine Kelly, Duparquet, up into the top right-hand corner. And they have goal number nine, Darabin, and it's just about the goal of the day. 9-12-66, Darabin lead the doggies. Three behind and the margin for the first time is out beyond ten goals. The Bulldogs defence then, no chance like an Italian goalkeeper. <laughs> and that goal puts the lead now to 63 points, 9-12-66. So the Western Bulldogs, three behinds. Sorry, just our co-commentator Paul Sebastiani was on yesterday, just being friendly reminded that uh, yes, Italy not making the World Cup. Thank you to North Macedonia. And of course, Cowley Duparquet now joins the multiple goal kickers for Darabin, three of them now. Sabine Cowley Duparquet, Katie McAloon and Alyssa Mifsud all with two each. What a lovely goal that was. Umpire from a distance says uh, that's an infringement in the middle of the ground and it's going the way of the Darren Falcons. And it actually wasn't given directly to the player. That technically should be a 50. Mm. But nonetheless, they've said no. But go Goss will get the resulting kick and go long up towards the centre-half forward oh. position. Maybe how without the football. Yep. Yes, Michaela Meyer will get the resulting free kick. Michaela Meyer with the footy. Between centre and centre half forward. Again, the Falcons attacking towards the Barkley Street end, left of screen. Now the kick looking for Mifsud, just went floating overhead. Eliza Morrison went with a hand pass but slipped over at the crucial moment. Her teammate caught by Gogos, managed to get the football away to Melody Freeman, Ooh. who's caught dropping it cold by Nicole Cullinan. Advantage will be paid towards the top of the goal square. They crash the pack. 
Who wants to pick it out? Kelly Duparquet's running on the outside. Collard goes in the later tackle. Umpire blows the whistle and says, I'll call for a ball up. And Nicole Callanan, she's moving well for someone who's 39. Jeez, I couldn't wish I moved as half as well as her. For somebody as well who come off in that, I think it was the third quarter, she looked absolutely ruined, absolutely wrecked. Ball up at the teeth of goal. Hat kick out of there. Oh, it snuck in. Out of nothing. And that was Alyssa Mifsud with goal number three. And goal number 10 for the Darabin side. She was in the ruck. It come to ground. She thought, bugger this, I'm going to kick number three myself. And I reckon she might be in the coaches' votes next week. Alyssa Mifsud, she's been outstanding. 10-12-72, Darabin. Bulldogs three behinds. And finally, we have some scoring to the Barclays Street end of the ground and both goals have probably been worth the wait because they've been fantastic. Finally for the commentators, I don't think finally for the Bulldogs no, because no. they want to go the other way towards the Geelong Road end and they'll be naturally disappointed after all the effort they've been putting in that uh, Darabin are allowed the opportunity to try and blow this one out. You're on WARFradio.com at the ground on 89.1 FM, and we believe we may have lost the vision at the moment on VFLW.TV. But keep an eye out for the replay, please, during the week on VFLW.TV. But keep with us at wolfradio.com. We're good on the radio stream. As the ball is now taken by the Falcons from Blackwood at uh, half-back. Cut off by Morrison at centre wing, who wants to run through the central corridor. Her kick immediately smothered off the boot there by Buckley, but it managed to fall to the advantage either way. It was taken by the uh, uh, 62 Ngechki who went long inside 50 towards the hot spot trying to bust Oof. the way through there and getting dumped was Weskam. The uh, ball popped out and trying to spin around and get out of defence is Rudin. Rudin dangerous ball finds Huda who marks the football in the back pocket in front of the scoreboard which shows 10-12-72 Darabin three behind Oof. for the Bulldogs bit of pushing going on there in that contest the umpire says it's a free kick and it's going the way of Gina Lawson Tavern She was clobbered by Maddie Marks. It actually wasn't a great kick. There was one Darabin player there amongst three Doggies players, but free kick given. Lawson Tavern. Chris Google at the back. Tried to knock it to ground. Now dragged down, holding the ball. Free kick Bulldogs. And they want to move it on quickly. Maybe a bit too quickly, although perhaps it'll work. McSweeney's onto it. Flicked out a handball. Kick towards full forward. Wasn't a great one. Schneider there. Uh, Schneider, I should say Rudin rather for Darabin. It was Schneider who kicked it to full forward. Hooters going to keep it just inside the field of play at right half back for Darabin. Handball to Gogos. Gogos over the top. Here's a Lawson Tavernor. Not a great handball. And it was knocked away by Chris Gurgle, who will trudge back to her position. A little bit frustrated at how the afternoon has worn on for the doggies, but they've toiled away and tried hard. But in the final quarter here at the Witten Oval, Peter Holden, it just looks like the elastic band has snapped. Lynch versus Matty Marks for this contest as the ball is thrown back into play on the Doug Hawkins wing. Got out the back, taking the hurry kick there. Getschke, who now moves the football inside 50. One awkward bounce. Huda wants to receive it here. Ball's away from her. Jenna Lawson Tavern will pick it up for McNeese in the end. Oof. Her kick is absolutely ricocheted in the end, courtesy of the uh, number 11 in Barker. And uh, umpire says the ball dig. No, no, I thought it was the boundary umpire saying it went over the boundary line, but it was the field umpire standing on the boundary line who pulled out the free kick and said it's going the way of the Bulldogs. And I think it's going to end up in the hands of number 32, and that is Madison Lister. So Lister with a footy. She's in front of the Pancake Parlour sign at 45 metres out from goal. Very tight angle. As she comes in looking for the Bulldogs' first goal of the day. Lister gives it a ride. It'll go to the oh. goal square and it'll hit the woodwork 
Hello, Wilbur. Minus score. Four behinds the Bulldogs, 10-12-72. The Darabin Falcons, under 10 minutes to play in the game. They do have an injury concern down there as well, Darabin. One of the ladies has come off and looks like she's had her left ankle or heel wrapped. I can't quite make out who that is because the train is standing in the way. Meanwhile, they bring it to the outer side, the Falcons, and they're going to be awarded a free kick, or they've given away a free kick, I should say. It'll be Maddie Lister who had that last shot at goal. Try and have a look and see if we can work out who that is that's got her ankle taped, Peter. The dogs go back inside 50, but getting back the ruck woman, Sally Lynch, who's had a pretty damn good afternoon. She marks deep in defence for Darabin, who lead by 68 points, halfway mark of the final quarter. Steph Simpson sitting there for the Darabin oh. Falcons, all iced up. Haven't seen her too much today, but they'll be hoping the Falcons that that's uh, nothing too serious. If she did, you would have heard her theme song. Steph Simpson. Huck Graining and the boys aren't listening. We'll be done for copyright. <laughs> out of the back line come the Falcons. They've gone very wide on that out of Doug Hawkins' wing. And luckily getting a hand on it for the Falcons, I believe, was Paige Carney to stop it from going out of play. Because Riley Chris Gerger was looking for the free kick going, is it my ball, my yep. ball? Not your ball. Wouldn't have been out on the full, it would have been the old lasso. As it is, we'll get a ball in between wing and left half forward for the Bulldogs. Mifsud versus Marks in this contest. And it almost Falcon Marks in the <laughs> way through. Sure wake up with a sore noggin in the morning. Taken here by Eliza Vale. Vale goes long inside 50. Mary Sandrell at her feet. Barker goes in to pick it up. Barker off the left boot waiting back there. Marking on the last line of defence is Simone Rudin for the Darabin Falcons. Goes for a run. Kicks it towards the half-back flank. Good kick. Finds Gogos. Angelica Gogos with a footy. Now decides to go from half-back up the line. Mifsa was one of them originally leading. Trying to find Paige Kearney. Pardon me. Trying to find Normington Dickens. Punched away from her hands by Maddie Marks. And we'll see the ball over the boundary line and out of bounds and we'll have another throw-in. With seven and a half minutes remaining and a 68-point lead to Darabin. Great to say... Great to see Normington Dickens back as well. This is her first game since, I think, about round three last season. So she makes her way back into the VFLW. Bulldogs just having a late little spurt here, getting it inside 50. Couldn't quite take the mark. Morrow, now she's taken all day to get rid of it, but no one really come at it. Bulldogs, oh, at half forward, they had a player absolutely poleaxed and no whistle. How on earth, umpire? Now they go to battle... Right at the top of the 50. And the umpire will have to come in and explain himself. I think that might have been Gogos who was absolutely crunched. And the umpire said, well, nothing. Blew the whistle, called for a ball up. Quick kick forward out of the stoppage. Garabin to come forward again. Kelly Duparquet off to Carney. Bouncing ball inside 50. Can they catch them out the back here, the Falcons? Chris Gurgle gets back there. Sidestep one. Played it well, the captain. Found Louise Bibby. Not the required distance, so Bibby had to play on to the outer wing. Morrow with Huda bearing down on her great win, Manoia Huda. Handball back to Lawson Tavern. Down the line, here's Normington Dickens again, who marks about a kick and a half out from goal. Just dropped it in front of Salibri, who just keeps it in. Dribbling one into the pocket along the boundary line. Here's Kelly Duparquet on her own. Trying to get the handball, looking for Gogos. Vale intercepted it. And now here is Schneider, who leads all comers on the ground in terms of disposals. That one, not her best. Cut off by Millie Schoen and back come Darabin. And she moves the ball inside 50 for Alan Buckley to come out and take the mark. Mark is standing at 49 metres out from goal. 
So decides to wind up with a kick towards the hotspot. Looking for Mifsud. Three on one. Couldn't quite pull it in. Schneider goes to ground. Tries to get the hurried little hand pass out. Morrison wanted to go with a handball into space. No one to really get onto it. Morrison wanted to do up her own work there. Trying to kick it off the carpet. McSweeney. It's at 45 metres out from the Darabin goal as it's all locked up now. McCall Cullinan watches on and will call for the ball back. We just saw Sabine Cowley do parquet. Just getting, a, I think, a bit of cramp. And I did see the trainer that went out to her do the old switcheroo signal, but doesn't look like she is coming off. Oh, Buckley surely taken high, yes. And she's going to have a free kick from about 40 out right in front. Might get up worse for wear now, but uh, the victory drinks will taste sweet in about five minutes' time for her. Absolutely. And Buckley probably just on her range, I reckon, although perfect conditions. Hasn't kicked a goal this season. Only kicked one in her career. Won't be kicking one here. She's chipped it and honoured the lead of Rachel Hibbert, who has been in amongst everything when Darabin have gone inside 50 today. And she hasn't kicked a goal. She may well have a ping here as Kelly Duparquet for Darabin does make her way to the bench. She's going to be replaced by Katie McAloon. So here's Hibbert for Darabin's 11th goal. Sends it on its way. It's just drifting away to the left. It won't have the carry. It's off hands. Oh, now they're going to have a free kick. Point blank, Darabin, for too high. And it's been a bit of a feature today, the doggies. Oh, I think he actually paid the mark. Right. With the signal. I think he's paid it as a mark. Okay, so it's Mifsud, who, again, we said she's been dominant at the teeth of goal since she's been put down there. And she's kicked three today, Alyssa Mifsud. This one from... Point blank, only 10 metres out. No angle to speak of. Alyssa Mifsud puts it through. And a fantastic afternoon for Darabin. And a great individual afternoon for Alyssa Mifsud as well. She's got four. That's a career high. And Darabin are on their way into the top six tonight. And potentially the top four as we await the result of Geelong and Essendon later this afternoon. Well, this makes a very interesting situation in the next couple of weeks. If Darabin find themselves sitting in fourth spot on the table. And you've got AFLW players that will be delisted soon, as required by league rules. Um, for some of them that don't find an immediate home to Essendon and Hawthorne and an AFLW list, and of course will be looking to be picked up by other clubs in the draft, they're looking for a home if they want to leave their AFLW club. All of a sudden, Darabin is an independent club, and seeing inside the six looks like a very appealing home. We spoke about that before the match, didn't we? And there's a chance now for Darabin to go on a little run here. So they've won three in a row now for the first time since 2018. Next up, they're going to play Williamstown for the second time this season at Willie. Beat them, of course, famously yeah. in round one. And then they're playing North Melbourne again, which is at home. We they're bunnies. We think, yes, we think that'll be at the Latrobe Uni. And then, of course, they're on the road to the Southern Saints and then a big clash back at home against Collingwood. So some real opportunities for Darabin to potentially string four or five wins together. Lynch now kicks the ball in towards the middle of the ground as Hibbert gives up the hand pass to Celebrity. He got spun around, got a hand pass away in time. Intercepted by Bibby, who is immediately smothered off her boot, and the Falcons move it across to oh, Callanan. Callanan. They call her mama. Nicole Callanan, oh. will it bounce where it won't? It goes to the left-hand side. She's going to try and chase up <laughs> her own kick. Yeah, sure it will. The ball's going to sit inside. Callanan chased up her own kick. Hand pass over the top. It was looking originally for Missed. Soccer goal. Ole, ole, ole. And that occasion by Millie Schoen. They're pulling out the party tricks now. The Falcons, they move to 12-12-84. 
four behinds the Western Bulldogs. Less than two minutes remaining in the match. God, I was hoping that Nicole Callanan was going to run onto that and go around the corner from the pocket. That would have been the, certainly a goal of the season contender. So Millie shown with her first VFLW goal, first year here at Darabin. Of course, played for Port Melbourne last season and was at Melbourne Uni for a long time before that. I saw her a little bit at Port Melbourne last year. I'm surprised that the Borough let her go. She's a tricky little customer, Millie Schoen. Gets into some good positions, and she did there, soccering it off the deck. This is the other good thing as well for Darabin is the percentage that they've lost in a couple of their heavy defeats so far. A lot of it is going to be clawn back today. Doggies out of the middle. Freeman going off the deck, just trying to help it on. Gogos in there for Darabin. She's going to fight this one out to the bitter end. So for the Doggies, they're at home next week. Doesn't get any easier for them. They've got Geelong, mm. who will travel down the highway to play here. They're then at Port Melbourne. And then back-to-back -back home games against Carlton and Essendon. So that is a very tough month coming up for the Bulldogs. As this Port is Melbourne's probably their best chance. Yeah, as if it hasn't been tough enough for the poor old Doggies, who are going to stay rooted to the bottom of the ladder. There's a free kick in here going Darabin's way. And so much of it has this afternoon. It'll be a free kick to be taken by uh, Rachel Hibbert. Just backward of centre into the final 30 seconds. Hibbert spearing one to Salibri. It's not going to quite get there. Well done by uh, Chris Gurgle to get her hand in. Out it comes. Buckley again, not taken high by Eliza Morrison, who has been fantastic upon return for the Bulldogs today. And hang on, they're, they're, they're signalling for like a stretcher Ooh. as well. Player down, I see, is 24. As the siren sounds, anyway, in the game, Kim Bays. Kim Bays is down. One of the youngsters who's come up and... Uh, Immediately holding her left leg. Yeah, it doesn't look like it's a uh, right leg. Yeah, Let me a, just... a head knock or anything like that. It looks like it's a lower limb injury, and there was, like you said, Peter, immediate concern for Kimberly Bays. Yeah, holding her at the moment right ankle. Oh, this is horrible. In the final second of the match, you don't like to see this at any time, obviously. But she's chatting, so that's good news. Yeah. She's sitting up and chatting. But, um, yeah, they're showing concern at the moment. The physio trying to work. And now she's going to fill in the pain a bit. But, yeah, number 24, Kim Bay's right ankle they're feeling as we speak. She had nine disposals today. Saw a little bit of it. But uh, the doggies come up short. A great win for Darabin, though, like we were mentioning just before that last uh, little incident. They've clawed back a bunch of percentage. It's an 80-point win that the uh, records will say. 12-12-84, Darabin knock off the doggies, four behind. It was really a six-goal first quarter, Peter, that set it all up. And from there, the Bulldogs toiled away. They had some inside 50s. They had some sort of half chances. But uh, Darabin in the end with their fourth win now of the season. And they will be entrenched in the top six tonight. That much we know. They may be fourth if the Bombers can knock off the Cats later today. So fifth with a possibility yeah. of going to fourth. It, it, first of all, isn't it amazing the fortune of these two sides? If you look back to 2019, Darabin hang around the bottom end of the table after all, all their gun players have left, mainly because the AFL clubs wanted them to play for their own reserves. And they were like, well, where are we going? What is the future? The Western Bulldogs were playing in a grand final. They even beaten the minor premiers in Collingwood in making that grand final before yeah. eventually finishing runners up. And now you flash forward three years later, minus a year, obviously, of COVID-19 affecting the 2020 season. 
But uh, here they are, the Bulldogs firmly rooted to the bottom of the ladder. And the Darabin Falcons, after six games, possibly sitting fourth and with the run in the next couple of weeks where if they can pick up two games, that would take them to, what, six wins for the year. And we've always estimated to make the finals eight wins Probably is the bank. Wins. Yeah, well, if so they... you, you could get to six and you go, right, we're now facing, um, what, six, seven games remaining and we've just got to pick up two. Well, and they're going to get to that situation because you would not back against them beating Williamstown and North Melbourne in the next two weeks. They've already beaten those two teams. They've beaten North Melbourne, like you say, Peter, the last two times. If, if, they, if they get to that um, point after, what, that'll be round eight, and they've won six games, you have to start to think, righty well, finals are on the card, and you've got to yeah. start to change your, your perception of what this season might look like for Darren. Yes, you said round nine they play the Southern Saints. If the Southern Saints, like today, show up, but mind you, they're playing against the Stack Casey. Who knows in that game? Round 10, as you said, they play, the, uh, they play against Collingwood. You would kind of back them to win, depending on where Collingwood's at, though. Who knows? Then they play Essendon. I can't see them winning that game. Then they play Geelong. Can't see them winning that game. Then they play Hawthorne. Got to back the Hawks because the Hawks already beaten them. Then they play Port Melbourne in the final game. The Port Melbourne game may be win number seven, and that could be the old it comes down to percentage and who else beats who else in the final week. Well, this is why today in running away with it was so crucial. We mentioned it late on, the, the percentage. It potentially could come down to that. The other thing as well is we generally in the VFLW in the second half of the season, we see the aligned teams get stronger because their girls come back. We don't know if that's going to happen this year because of the uh, early AFLW start. So they might not find themselves, Darabin, running into Collingwood with Chloe Malloy and, and, you know, some of those girls running around. So that is going to throw in a real spanner in the works and the run home. But as it sits at the moment, this win today by the Darabin Falcons Huge. puts them in a very, very good position. And as we said, they can also recruit delisted AFLW players into their side in the second half of the season who... As I said, if they're delisted, they're looking to work their way back onto a list. So they will be keen and eager to play. Keep your eye on the Falcons. Let's go through the stats for today's game, the players and the team stats for you as we uh, break it down before we go off here. You're on wolfradio.com at vflw.tv and on 89.1 FM at the ground. It looks a little something... Well, the screen shows up like, like, this. like this for me. <laughs> I can tell you for the Darabin Falcons, touches today, 22 Angelica Gogos, including nine tackles. Nicole Cullinan, 18 touches and uh, three tackles. Alyssa Mifsud, four hitouts, 16 disposals, four goals. Thanks for coming. Six marks as well. Sally Lynch, 12 disposals, 21 hitouts. Yikes. Simone Rudin, 12 disposals. Nicole Celebrity, 11 disposals. Kelly Dupake, 11 disposals, two goals, seven tackles. And McGay with 10 disposals. If we go across the Western Bulldogs, Lucy Schneider with 28 touches, including six marks. Eliza Vale, 22 touches, three tackles. Eliza Morrison, 21 disposals, including four tackles, five marks. McSweeney, 20 disposals. Maddie Marks then with 13 disposals and five hitouts. In terms of the overall stats, they did get on top in the disposals, Peter, 223 to 213. So not that big of a, a gap in the end. The inside 50s, there's going to be people who look at that stat and look at the final score and find it very hard to believe that didn't actually watch the game. Darabin, in the end, uh, led that inside 50 stat 29 to 27. So very, 
uh, very close uh, indeed. Darabin, the better team in the end around the clinches, 30, uh, 30 clearances to 26. The Dogs on top in the ruck, which is a bit of a surprise, 31 to 28 hitouts. Just back on the ladder, Darabin are up into fourth position uh, for now. So they're on the 16 premiership points. Geelong have just dropped back to fifth, but of course they're on 12 premiership points. So if they beat the Bombers, they will go equal on premiership points, but they have a far superior percentage. The Cats' percentage is 185.1. Darabin sits at 99.5. So for Darabin to hang on to fourth, they need the uh, the Bombers to do the job on the Cats. And that, the Western sorry, Bo that game starting in about three minutes, Peter. Sorry. And the Western Bulldogs zero and six, 8.8 percent. .8 uh, firmly rooted, unfortunately, to the bottom of the ladder for them. And I should mention the possession count out of this game was 50-50 split. It was not a bad game around the engine room, was it? I yeah. Mean, that, the overall disposal is pretty close. The overall clearances um, pretty close. So it, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of a Weemstown last year. Mm. Weemstown, and I think you, you had the stat where Weemstown was third in clearances yeah. for the year, yep. but we're a team that was second last. And you looked at Weemstown a lot, in the, again, in the engine room, when a lot of the football, a lot of effort, no impact on the scoreboard. They were just miss, missing the finish. It feels like the Bulldogs, the Weemstown of this year. They're trying their guts out, but they just don't have the class, the cream to finish off the job. Well, they're another team, the Doggies, in terms of, like, statistics. They're actually, like, middle of the pack. I think sixth or seventh for average disposals a game. So generally you think of a team winless mm. through six games and on the bottom of the ladder, they don't get much of the football. They get their fair share of the football, but I think their, their issue today, it's been the issue for uh, most of the season, and it was with Williamstown last year, the connection with the forwards. I mean, they have Mary Sandrell, who they sort of go with. They put um, uh, Mel Freeman down there, uh, late on as well, but they just yeah they don't have that connection uh, going inside forward fifty, and as a result they're not able to get those marks inside fifty, and th and that that's where your really good looks come from either by way of a set shot or yeah you know, if somebody marks at forty out and they're with it, you know, not within their range well you've still got the ball in your possession inside fifty otherwise it comes to ground the other team can you know sweep it away so. I wonder if they'll be looking to potentially get some of their um, bigger you know, AFLW names in there potentially to straighten them up a little bit because that would have helped to no end today, particularly in that second quarter where the Bulldogs really were dominant. Coming up at 1pm today, one minute away on VFLW.tv, Geelong and Essendon at Deakin Uni. If you do want to switch across, go right now, VFLW.tv. Quick little tip from you, Brent. Who do you reckon will win? Well, that'll be a great game, won't it? Prelim final rematch. These are two teams we're talking about, uh, you know, finals, uh, uh, you know, who's going to make it, who's not. These two teams will be there. There's no doubt they'll probably play late uh, as well. I'm going to tip the Bombers. I can't pick against Essendon at the moment. I'm going for the Bombers by 18 points in that game. Let's get some quick one-word tips from you for round seven. Uh, at this stage, Saturday, 10 a.m. at the AIA Centre, Collingwood and Casey. Casey. Yeah, I'm going for Casey as well. Runaway train. Uh, 12 p.m. Saturday at Trevor Barker Beach Oval. The Saints and Port Melbourne. Uh, Southern Saints, I'm afraid. Saints at home yeah. for me. Saturday, 2 p.m. at the Weemstown Football Ground. Weemstown and Darabin. No, Darabin. Darabin to make it four in a row. Yep. Weemstown at home. 
I think they'll squeeze one out. Oh. I, I, I think I think that this is a this is a bee on the bonnet for Williamstown, and yep. I, I reckon they'll come to play. Okay. All right. On their and on their home deck is just what's convincing me. Uh, Arden Street Oval Sunday 10:05 a.m. AFL.com.au stream game of the week North Melbourne and Essendon. Uh, bombers. Bulldogs versus Geelong, 11am at Witten Oval next Sunday? No, I think the Cats will come here next week and I reckon the margin will probably be something similar to today, I think. And Sunday, 11.30am at Box Hill City Oval, the Hawks and the Blues. Oh, that's a good... No, Hawks. Hawks are me. Although the Blues yesterday, boy. Uh, That's what I'm thinking. I go, the Hawks... But I don't think it'll be that easy. No, no. I, I think the Blues will put up a fight. Yeah, I, I actually thought, uh, shame on me, I thought Collingwood would win comfortably yesterday. I haven't been that impressed by Carlton, but I've used the term Jekyll and Hyde with the Southern Saints this year. Same for the Blues. That's the match of the round, I reckon. Absolutely, and it could be a good chance. You may hear it on WARFradio.com and on VFLW.TV. Brent Sturberg, thanks once again for your company this week on what's been a glorious lunchtime matinee, you could call it, of football it has here indeed. at VU Witten Oval. Yes, en- enjoyable game. Good performance from Darabin. Thank you, Peter. And thank you, Alex. Oh, Alex is not here. No, he's still in bed wiping his snotty nose. And, uh, Hello to Alex if he's listening. Still feeling the burn after being owned on Twitter by Steph Chiocci <laughs> after he said, turn it up to Steph for uh, the Blues to win by 17 points. Guess what? The Blues beat the Doggies and the Men's. Thank you very much. I'm Peter Holden. Thank you very much for your company listening wherever you might be around the world. Today was the Darabin Falcons 12-12-84 defeating the Western Bulldogs for behinds. Bye for now.